All right, no one's flatlining. We're all good. Test. We're good. We're good. All right, it's the what would I do mock draft. Always done inaugurally, uh, I don't know, annually, the Sunday before the NFL draft, and uh, we bring in the doctor, the judge, uh, Connor Ryan, live from the basement in Birmingham, baby. How you doing? We're doing great. Always an honor and a privilege to be a part of this podcast. You know, this is where the back judge got its roots from, and this is the back judge at its very best at its core. So very excited for this podcast today. You know, we're already getting after it off camera, so can't wait to get started. <laughs> West Coast, Lee and Tommy, you guys doing all right? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Doing great. Four days Four days to draft day. Doesn't, doesn't get much better than this. Nope. It doesn't. Always always look forward to this every year, guys. So happy to be here sharing another uh, what I would do mock draft with you guys. And this is the fourth the fourth edition, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, by now we've been we've been building these rosters up uh, fairly fairly nicely. We had the uh, I think it was the uh, we had the Sealy two mock, the pandemic mock, post pandemic mock. Yes, sir. Now the the post post pandemic mock. Uh, should we just go around the horn say say what uh, what teams we have here? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Connor, you want to kick us off, buddy? Yes. Okay. So for this draft, I guess we made a little last second audible here. In uh, accordance with tradition, I'm going to be kicking us off with the Jaguars with the first overall pick. And then in addition to those picks, you won't hear from me for a little while. I'll be taking over with um, the New England Patriots, then Green Bay, then uh Dallas, I gotta get Chalevon or Calevon a partner, then uh, Green, then uh, Chiefs, and then Bengals. Those are my picks. Uh, Lee and Tommy, I have the New York Football Giants, uh, their division rival, the Washington Football Team or Commanders, however you like, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the New Orleans Saints, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Tommy's own Cleveland Browns to round it out. Yes, sir. And I'll be kicking the draft off at three with the Texans, then on to the New York Jets, who I had last year getting some continuity there. The Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and finishing with division rival of the line, Chicago Bears. And it's it's my second straight year uh, having the Lions. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the Lions. I also have the Panthers. Uh, I've got the uh, organizational hubris Seahawks. I uh, have the the Ravens, got the Eagles, and then I have the Titans, and also uh, I guess my hometown Cardinals now. So uh, each of us yes, also sir. a little uneven this year because there's a uh, what two three teams that don't have first and second round picks that were. Uh, I definitely leaving. got the short end of the stick picks wise, but hey, <laughs> hey, it goes into draft strategy. Leaders eat last. That's what I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's, uh, hey, Connor, <laughs> Connor, you're on the clock, baby, at one. Yeah, we're ready to go. So this pick, I didn't, I got to admit, since I was so much later in the draft, I didn't really do a ton of scouting on one here since it was a last uh, second decision. But I think this pick, it seems to be where everybody's uh, tending to lead. I think the Jaguars, they have a lot of needs. Personally, I think they should trade out of this pick. So I know we didn't do a ton of trades, even though they're available in uh, previous mocks. I will put it out there in case somebody wants to make an offer on it. I doubt that'll be the case given uh, the draft here. 
Does anybody have any interest in number one? No, no you're gonna have to make that pick, my guy. Yep. Um, also, yeah. Also, I'll just you know just for the listeners want to preface this. This is the purely what would we do mock. So this is this is all yes. straight from our brains, not paying attention to the uh, national conversation. Just what we would do if we were making the picks for these teams. So Connor, go ahead. Yeah. So that being said, I think their biggest need is. Uh, Defensive line, there's not really an offensive lineman that I really love in this class, especially uh, a tackle that would really justify being picked here. I mean, I would think about somebody like Evan Neal or Iquanu, but I'm going to make the pick here, and it's going to be Hutchinson. I do think uh, D-end is really deep in this class. Personally, I would like to trade out and select one of the other ones, try to reap some more value, but I think at this point, this is the best pick of the Jaguars if they're stuck here and can't really find a partner. Seems to be the chalk. Um, I don't know. I, I, I could see myself making this pick, but I think throughout the whole draft process, I've kind of been leaning Evan Neal here. I've been leaning going with your OT1 just because Trevor Lawrence got the snot kicked out of him last year. Um, and similar to what we say about Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback, I have more kind of – I've obviously liked more, but the the – the kind of philosophy behind it is the same where it's like when you just spent a lot of capital on a young quarterback and he just got, you know, knocked around and had struggled. Um, and I think a big part of why he struggled was because of the deficiencies on the offensive line. I know you brought in Brandon Scherf, um, but I'm not necessarily comfortable running it back with Cam Robinson as my left tackle. I just don't think he performed to a good enough level to warrant basically throwing a franchise tag on him and, and assuming it's all going to be okay. Um, obviously, I think, you know, Josh Allen needs a running mate. The, the Calevon Chason pick was not very good. He doesn't. They don't really have anyone else who's going to get to the quarterback. But, Connor, you said it yourself. I think there's depth. There's plenty of depth. You can grab a guy at 33 that I don't think there really is that same depth, that tackle. I don't think you're going to be getting an Evan Neal or Charles Cross type player down there at 33. So I think I would have to go with left tackle here and, and give Trevor kind of – tandem Trevor Lawrence with a with a franchise left tackle yeah hard agree over here I gotta agree with my brother and you know I I was fully I was prepared for Evan Neal to be the pick but then you know Mr. Uh, Mr. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps Connor who picked his teams wants to get the number one pick so he's not waiting you know we'll give it to him we'll give it to him and this is most likely what happens on draft night so but I completely agree with Lee I think much like we've been talking about with Zach Wilson I think Trevor Lawrence should be a part of that conversation now uh, he is the he's the engine that's going to drive this football team, and obviously Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Allen is uh, a scary sight for teams across the AFC and teams across the NFL. But Cam Robinson, the chances of Cam Robinson being the long-term left tackle coming off the franchise tag this year when we're preparing for the 23 draft next year, I'm sure that we're going to be all be mocking a tackle uh, to uh, the Jags in, in, in next year in 2023. So. I completely agree with Lee, and I would have taken Evan Neal here. But, again, with Hutchinson's floor, uh, the chances of this pick busting, I think he's probably the safest prospect in the draft. So can't give you too much grief, Connor. All right, let's go on uh, to Detroit here. Last year for the Lions, I uh, got us for Sean Slater. And I also snagged us Deami Brown after a couple of trade backs <laughs> in the second round. I'm still a believer, baby. I'm still a believer, all right? We're not, we're not getting off the Deami Brown train just yet. Things might have been different if he was in Detroit. Um, so I mean, at, at this point, man, it, it's it's looking a little Vegasy, chalky. But I'm I'm gonna go with Kayvon Thibodeau here uh, for the Lions. He's my uh, edge one uh, overall. I have him above Hutchinson. I think his 
uh, get off and his athleticism, you know, can can make him, you know, by year two, year three, I, I expect him to be a, a 10 sack sack guy in the in the NFL. I like his versatility. He he rushes really well from the interior as well. Also, um, you know, was asked to drop into coverage uh, a couple times uh, a game at, at Oregon. Don't necessarily like philosophy wise, like love having my pass rushers drop into coverage, but um, it's something that he's able to do, and it's also something schematically that the Lions do. Um, so, I mean, the Lions have just struggled to, to rush the passer since Ziggy left, and um, it's been a huge need for, for a couple years now. Um, I think the draft is, you know, pretty strong uh, at edge, and I like being able to get a, a top-tier one here at, at two. And like I've said before, uh, even, you know, Tommy, we've talked about it with some of our mocks that we did on the pods earlier. I'm not going to be afraid to not to tip my hand either, you know, when we get to 32, but I'm not going to be afraid to double up at edge, man. Um, I'm not letting Julian Aquara, Charles Harris, and Romeo Aquara really um, dictate what I'm what I'm doing uh, in terms of building the roster along the defensive line. Last year, they got McNeil and Anzurike, so uh, time to build, uh, continue to build, especially with Trey Flowers uh, out of the building. Obviously, you know, he was an overpay, was injured a lot, but there still was a, a good player that, that is leaving your defensive line, so... Uh, excited to bring Kayvon into the building, and uh, that brings up uh, Tommy at three. Yeah, on the clock with Houston here. Um, we're finally in the new era of Houston Texans football, and that era seems to be with, with Davis Mills under center. Um, I will say I do think, uh, much like Connor did, I'm going to give an attempt to put this uh, pick up on the board with all three tackles. Um, we need help all over the uh, the roster here in Houston, and I will give uh, another one of my uh, co-host an opportunity to trade up if need be. No. No, no takers here. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, my my tackle one in this draft and a guy who I think is an absolute freak. And right now we're building for the future uh, franchise quarterback of this uh, this team, whether it's Davis Mills or a guy like Bryce Young or whomever it turns out to be. Uh, Evan Neal is going to be the pick here for Houston. Um, a guy who played left tackle, played right tackle at Alabama, is an absolute specimen. And is here for you know the future of the franchise left tackle for Houston uh, going forward. So I, I love this fit for Houston, and um, you know this could this could be this is we're looking at a pretty realistic I think according to Vegas uh, top three right now. So I like this for Houston. Brings you right back up uh, with the Jets, Tommy. Yeah, back up with the Jets, um, and again I'm gonna we we kind of talked about it with Trevor Lawrence and. Uh, the Jets have, there's still work to be done on this offensive line. Bringing in a guy like Lincoln Tomlinson, Elijah Vera Tucker, um, George Fant, uh, they seem to like him in, in-house, but probably won't be back uh, in for 23. And Makai Becton has had health issues, so we're going to get maybe the most versatile lineman and a guy who everyone loves and uh, can't, can't love his, uh, can't not fall in love with his tape, and that's Ike Aquano from North Carolina State. Versatile, uh, punishing run blocker who... Uh, you know, could be an all-pro at guard or, or tackle in New York. So I like this for the Jets. Yeah, it's really too bad he's uh, not protecting an elite quarterback. That's for sure. I think uh, PFF needs to add QB to their needs there in uh, New York. I don't really see Mike White as the future of the franchise there. <laughs> well, uh, let's resume this conversation next year, Connor. Oh, we will. We will. There's, Trust me. There's no shortage of, of uh, below-the-belt 
uh, shots being taken here on the WIWD mock between Connor and Tommy. That's and, why. And, and for the listeners, if you want to go back and listen to the 2021 edition, it got contentious. At it got contentious. It hey, got contentious. We're not afraid to. Uh, what's the saying? Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to uh, you know get some licks out. I'll be honest. I was really worried that Tommy was going to take who is in my OT one B. Uh, in Charles Cross with that fourth pick just because I think he's a clear tackle. I don't want to mess around and take a guy who might be playing guard in the future as much as I like Ikwanwu. Uh, Cross, in my opinion, is, is, a, is a better player at tackle. So I'm, I'm very excited here as uh, Mr. Schoen making my first pick as the general, manage, general manager of the Giants. I'm going to go run up to the podium and take Charles Cross, the tackle out of Mississippi State. I think he's a great player. I'm not worried about him being in the uh, Mike Leach offense. I think that's kind of bogus. The guy can pass block, I think, better than anyone in the draft. And I'm really excited to uh, pair him up with my boy Andrew Thomas and get, get some t- two guys on each side of that line that could be, uh, could be you know, the next 10, 12 years of your franchise bookending that offensive line. Pretty excited about that. Oof. You've, you've, you've left me in the lurch here, Lee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers are uh, are panicking in the draft room at at the moment, especially when Connor went Hutchinson. I really was kind of envisioning one of these tackles being available for them. I mean, obviously, you know, first of all, I'll, I'll throw the for sale sign out in the front yard. Um, I was going to do that regardless of of what the situation was uh, on the board at tackle, but would would be willing to move back for any sort of draft capital here. I mean, the the Panthers have only this pick, and then they pick again in the uh, fourth round. So would love to get a third rounder, if possible. Would love to, obviously, recoup a second rounder. But I have um, an offer for you, Clep. Okay, I'm, I'm all ears. The Minnesota Vikings are calling. Okay. And they're offering the 12th pick, the 77th pick in the third round, and the 184th pick in the sixth round. For in exchange for one six, so we're moving back to twelve. You're moving six spots back, and you get seventy-seven and one eighty-four. Getting a third and a and a sixth. Yep. That's a relatively high sixth too, or not that sixth matter that much, but. Um. Is there are there any other offers on on the table here? Nope. All right, well, I'll take it, Lee. I'll take it. You drive a hard bargain, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it here. So um, I think that's a smart move, Adam. I think, and I, I think we can talk, tie this into Carolina. I think they have to, especially if the draft falls this way and there's no tackle. Obviously, we're lower yeah. on the quarterbacks in consensus. you got to get some more capital for this team. 184 and 77, Lee? Yeah, 184 and 77, yep. Right, well, and I came up for one reason and one reason only, and that's to... Take who I think is the best cornerback in the draft out of Martin Luther King High School, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh, coming to Minnesota, really only have Patrick Peterson and Cameron Dantzler. Um, not necessarily the best tandem of cornerbacks in the league, to say the least. Patrick Peterson not getting any younger. Um, I think bringing in Sauce Gardner, I'd be kind of, honestly, I think from day one, he'd be the best player on your team in the cornerback room. Um, And to just stick him in that secondary with Harrison Smith, 
Dantzler's a little inconsistent, but we've seen the level he can play to. I think he's more of a complimentary player, so I think that having a guy like Sauce would probably help him a little bit. Um, this team really needs help in the secondary. Um, obviously, with, with Aaron Rodgers in the division and, and you know really trying to make that playoff push now, um, I think you, you go and you take the best player available, and in my opinion right now, that's, that's Ahmad Sauce Gardner, and he just so happens to be a big need on your team as well. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. All right, we're back. We're back on the board here with the New York Giants. Um, just took Charles Cross. Just took Charles Cross, and now I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I'm, I'm Joe Schoen, and Sauce just got you, taken. You traded it. You, you knew what was going on in, in uh, the Meadowlands, and you had to move up ahead and, and you know. Exactly. I knew. I, I, I had a feeling uh, Mensa <laughs> up in Minnesota, he had a feeling that Sauce wasn't going to be there much longer so he had to make the call down um so now Sean is reeling a little bit here and i'm going to do something that's a little uncharacteristic i'm going to i'm going to go a little unorthodox here um because the board has fallen the way it has uh and i'm not necessarily a huge Trayvon Walker guy i just don't want to pick him here at 7 i like Jermaine Johnson a lot so I'm thinking Jermaine Johnson, um, but with with the recent fallout with Kadarius Toney and the underperformance of Kenny Galladay and the injury-riddled Sterling Shepard, I'm going to go ahead and take Drake London here Wow! with the seventh Ooh. pick. Um, not dissimilar from what we were saying about Trevor Lawrence and, and, and Zach Wilson. I mean, I think Daniel Jones is an average quarterback at best, but I think that he really – you get the tackle to kind of keep him on uh, on his feet, and then you need a, a receiver that will make Galladay's life easier and that hopefully if Sterling Shepard can stay healthy, will give him a little bit of versatility in the slot. And I don't think Darius Slayton is a very good depth guy. I think this is underratedly one of the worst receiver rooms that no one's really talking about. Um, Drake well, London's and, my, and they have the most cap allocated to them, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, well, Drake London's my number one receiver, and I think you just add another weapon to this offense that, that kind of loosens everything up, gives Dable another piece here. Um, and I'm, I'm content right now with the way the defense is. I think, obviously, there's, there's room for improvement, but we're going to address that later in the draft. Joe Schoen famously licked for uh, Daniel Jones. Now he's getting him a, a wide out. Yes, sir. And I'm on the clock here in Atlanta, um, and and it came down to for me. I I thought Lee was going to get a little uh, little risky and take Derek Stingley. I, I thought heard, about it when he said unconventional. I was like, oh god, he's going to take my guy. And my backup plan was to take Drake London, but uh, Derek Stingley is going to be the pick here. He's my he's my CB one in this draft, and I think Atlanta has uh, so many needs. And and you know they picked up Casey Hayward. They have a. Uh, former uh, heartthrob of mine, Isaiah Oliver, as well. And they have A.J. Terrell, who played at a pro ball level last year. So I think adding Derek Stingley at a high-value position here uh, and potentially having an elite, elite cornerback tandem going uh, in years forward with uh, A.J. Terrell and Derek Stingley after Casey Hayward is likely gone after this year, uh, playing for 23 and um, not falling in love with a quarterback here or even taking a receiver while it's needed. We have some second-round picks we can delegate there. So... I'm going to take Derek Stingley here and make him an Atlanta Falcon, Falcon, keep him in the South. Cool. Very nice. Um, Seahawks are up, man. Uh, probably one of the first times they're, they're picking in the first round in, in one of these, what would I do, mocks. 
Uh, I'm happy to be, to be stepping in for them here because uh, John Schneider has put on a uh, master class in the last few years of how not to build a roster in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I got to come in and clean up his mess here. We uh, moved on from Russell Wilson, got us some picks for it. We've got two picks in the second round, one pick here at, at nine. And I'm going to go and grab uh, the number one player on my board, and that's Jordan Davis. Mm. Nice job, Adam. I think he's uh, the best player in the draft, best prospect. One of the few unicorn prospects in this draft um, in terms of his height, weight, speed, athleticism, all that stuff that you look for. Um, you know, Came into the combine and cut 20 pounds. Reportedly was playing around 360 at Georgia. You know, Obviously, you hear some stamina issues, but comes in at 340 to the combine and blows it up. Um, I think he'll do just fine uh, in the NFL. People talk about him like he's a boomer bust prospect. To me, like he, to me, he he has one of the highest floors uh, of any prospect. It's just if he, you know, booms, and I think he has a good chance to to do that. So uh, Seahawks starting it off with the big boy up front. Yeah, it's an interesting pick. I like Jordan Davis. He's a big boy, but yeah, I think you alluded to it. I think the big question mark with him is the stamina issues and how often is he actually on the field and able to make an impact, particularly late in games. I think. Losing the 20 pounds is big, but uh, I think the cardio is definitely going to be a big thing with Jordan Davis. And I think if teams are uh, alleviated of that concern, then I wouldn't be shocked to see him go as high as nine because that's really is the big knock with him. I'm back on the clock here for the Jets. Um, was kind of assuming that Drake London was going to be here for me. And now mm-hmm. um, I'm in an interesting position. I, I'm going to put this, uh, this pick up for sale. If anyone would like to come up for it, um, I'll, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, I might be willing to with, uh, with Baltimore. Okay. Let me see though what I would want to give. Here, four spots. Got to also think of, you know, how confident am I that the guy that I'm eyeing for Baltimore might be there. Um, I'm going to hold off, Tommy. You're going to hold guy, off. I think my guy might be there. Eh. All right. Uh, no, I, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. I like I like where I'm at with Baltimore. I'm going to hold off. Tommy, I'm going to make you an offer. With what team, Connor, just so I can pull him up and see the capital? It's going to be the Chiefs. Okay. Wow. Connor Ryan. Okay. I'm going to offer you... Smoking, uh, a smoking gun from Connor Ryan. Hang on. Where the fuck are the Chiefs? Well, let's take it easy. You haven't seen the offer yet. Connor, I've got your picks pulled up on the screen here if you want to take a look at it. Yes, yeah, that would be awful. I'm going to offer you 30 and 135. Are you serious, Connor? I am serious. <laughs> How bad do no. you want to move out? All right, then decline it. That's not, the not, not that bad. Not that bad, buddy. All right, well, you're offering me, you're about, you're, uh, you want me to drop 20 spots and you're going to give me a fourth-round pick? Are you serious? <laughs> hey, you put it on the block. That's the call you got. <laughs> That's a draft day. Brett Veach. Brett Veach is not pulling any punches tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're not. We're not. I want to know how bad Tommy wants to move out of that pick. That is a draft day level uh, offer. Um, what does from, a draft day level offer mean? I'm, t- I'm I'm referring to the the 2000 
what is it, 14 film? Kevin Costner film. Kevin Costner film. Um, so I'm back on the board here with, uh, with the Jets. Um, and this is, this is an inter- interesting spot. This is an interesting spot for the Jets. Uh, receiver, obviously, is a, a place I want to go. also think, you know, an edge rusher is also uh, a place that I want to go. But right now, with, with no, nobody to trade down with, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack one of these receivers, and I'm going to take my wide receiver, too, and that's Chris Olave here at the 10th pick, um, going to the Meadowlands and pairing him with Elijah Moore and uh, Corey Davis uh, and continuing to help out Zach Wilson, giving him a legit deep play threat. Love Olave reminds me a lot of Calvin Ridley. I said it last episode, so let's slot Chris Olave into uh, the Jets. I think with receivers, something interesting is talking. I think Olave is, is an interesting slot there. I'm curious to see where do people have I mean, I don't want people to give away too much, so maybe we can have this discussion later on the pod, but I would be really curious to see where people have the receivers ranked because Olave, I think, is an interesting prospect in that I think he was kind of the perspective one earlier in the year, and now I think people have him really down there as low as wide receiver four I've been seeing him in mock. So I think it's really Mm -hmm. interesting to talk about where we have these receivers placed, but we can wait until a little later on for the sake of anonymity. I'm I'm in – I'm Ron Rivera – um, and, and, and Mayhew in D.C., and I'm thinking to myself, man, I kind of wanted Olave. I think he'd be a nice piece to add to this Carson Wentz-led commander's offense. Um, so I'm a little disappointed. I was eyeballing him, but I'm actually very satisfied about another player that's, that's still there. Is there were two cats there. There were two cats sitting on the porch that I wanted to pick, and Olave was one of them. And the other one was Traylon Burks, a wide receiver out of Arkansas. And I'm going to go ahead and take him. I wow. love his yak ability. Receivers flying off the board. I think uh, you already have a, a fairly elite receiver in McLaurin. You want to see more from Curtis Samuel. But I just think getting Carson Wentz another weapon to throw to underneath and um, who can do the work after the catch and, and move the chains kind of makes this offense a little bit more efficient. I like what I have on the defensive side of the ball. I like the way Benjamin St. Juice played last year. Um, I think it's a little too rich to grab a corner. I like the defensive line a lot. I considered linebacker, but I think this defense is solid. I think this defense has been solid since Rivera. That's kind of been his bread and butter since he's become the coach. And right now it's kind of about making Carson Wentz's life easy and adding another another offensive weapon to uh, move the chains in, in, in D.C. And I think Traylon Burks is that guy. I'm obviously higher on him than most people. So this is the, what I would do for a reason, and I, 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 like, the, I like the Burks pick there. So that, that brings me back on the clock with the Panthers. And um, once again, willing, willing to move back here if anyone wants to uh, come up again. We're willing to go back again with the Panthers. Hey, you can get a fourth-round pick from Veach down in uh, Kansas yeah. City. He's seen the receivers fly off the board. Yeah. He might, maybe he'll give you a fifth of want to go along with that fourth. I could toss you three sevenths that I don't get to spend. I'll throw that in there. But other than that, I'm staying in pad. I like the way this draft is panning out right now. Hmm. All right. I'm, I have a tough decision to make here because, let me see. I don't know. I I still, um, you know, don't love our options along the offensive line, even though to me that's like obviously where, um, you know, the biggest need is for the Panthers. Um, but, again, I just, I just don't like the, the options. I'm not really going to reach for a, 
a Trevor Penning uh, here. Don't really feel like going interior right now. I could go, eh, I could go Linderbaum. Linderbaum is is around here for me. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna go Linderbaum. Hmm. I think that's a solid move, Clep. I think he's, you know, he's he's a, well, one of the stronger players in the draft. Um, you know, the the it's he's one of those guys that for some reason, to me, has has at least in the eyes of of the media has kind of fallen down a little bit. I and mean, sometimes you don't even see him in first round mocks. Um, you know, so maybe you know a situation where on draft day some of these teams are thinking, you know, we can still move back and get him later or or whatnot. But um. To me, Iowa lineman, center, plug him in. You know, we'll, we'll try and roll with, you know, hopefully Brady, Brady Christensen does something for us. Taylor Moten maybe can hold down the fort at right tackle. We plug and play some guards. And, uh, you know, hey, man, we'll see what happens with the Panthers. Don't feel too too good about them going forward, though. But anyways, uh, Linderbaum off the board. Tommy, you're here with the uh, Houston Texans after taking Evan Neal. Yep, took Evan Neal, and I'm back on the clock. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this pick up for sale as well. Um, if anyone would like to take a bite, um, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll jump up one pick with the Panthers here. Or no, I'm sorry, the Ravens. Um, I I, I wouldn't want to, you know, I I'd throw you pick one ten to to jump up here, one spot. Uh, I'll take that. So we'll swap first, and I'll give you a pick one ten. Uh, you gave me a Connor Ryan offer. I can't. I can't turn that down. A top uh, top of the fourth there for you. Um, force it. Right. That's correct. Um, it's. Yep. Okay. All right. Land with the Ravens. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in uh, jump in here and I'll, I'll take Trayvon Walker. Um, you know, the Ravens we're, we're a team that we believe in our uh, our ability to develop these types of defensive players. We brought in Oway last year who had a nice little rookie season. He was uh, another guy who who was full of traits. I'm just gonna jump and take Trayvon Walker. I mean, I saw something on Twitter that was like Trayvon Walker athletically graded out as like a mid middling corner. As a as an edge player, um, so so like the uh, like the uh, athletic profile, you know, some good good production there as well at Georgia, more so in the run game than as a pure passer. Like like our ability here as as the Ravens to uh, make the most of them. Made a similar move, uh, kind of similar process last year with Adafi Owe as well. So staying consistent, Adam. Uh, a lot of options here for Houston. Um, um, again, uh, I'll put the pick up for sale, but I doubt anyone's going to bite. It seems like Adam was the only one who was interested in it. Um, and, you know, we can go a lot of places here with, with Houston, but uh, I'm going to take a guy that I, I probably have been higher on than a lot of other people. Um, and it's a position of value, and it's a position of extreme need. And we're going to take Trent McDuffie here to play corner uh, for Houston. And 
Don't really like the drop-off at corner, especially coming into the second round of their next pick. And while a guy like Kyle Hamilton or George Karloftis or Jermaine Johnson is really enticing, um, the corner drought, I think, will, will, will be in full effect at the top of the second round. So give me Trent McDuffie out of Washington for the Houston Texans. <laughs> um, Eagles, that brings me up with the Eagles. Uh, we had three first-round picks, but somebody else uh, traded them to, to the Saints, so now we are at two. This is our first of two picks in the first round. One at 15, and then one again at 18. And, uh, hey, I'm just going to take the rip on uh, Kyle Hamilton here. Um, okay, I was waiting for this to happen because I thought I was the only Kyle Hamilton uh, not, uh, conspiracy theorist in the, in, the, in the BJP brain trust. But it seems that based on him falling to 15, that there's kind of a consensus amongst us that he's not a top 10, top 12 player. Um, and I just didn't, I was not aware that that was the case. So um, I, I was interested to see where he was going to fall in this draft. Yeah, I, to me, um, there was just a couple other guys with the other teams that I had. And with the, I, I thought about taking him with the Panthers, but we already have Jeremy Chin. And it's just like hard for me to double up on safety for the, for the Panthers when I think their need at offensive line is so great. Um, so that was kind of the thought process for me there. Um, and with Baltimore, I would have probably taken him over Walker, to be honest. But with Baltimore making that free agent move to get Marcus Williams, uh, it was it was not really didn't really feel like a right fit there for for Baltimore. I really like Kyle Hamilton. I, I you know he is he's like he's the tenth player on my board. Um, I think he's I think over overall I think this the forty time stuff is overblown. But then I think when you bring in the the positional value stuff, you know, coming off the injury. I think you know. I don't know if I would. I would feel so good taking him, you know, in the top ten. Um, but I, I really like him as a, as a prospect. I think he'll be a, a really great player in the NFL. Yeah, I, I was just going to say for me, I thought about it with Houston too, but I kind of alluded to it. Uh, there's just safeties that I think the gap between Hamilton and the, the next safeties up is a lot closer than it will be with a corner or yep. even an edge player. So the that safety was kind class of, overall is is pretty strong as well. Yeah. So that plays a factor into it. And I also like being I, I like having this extra pick with Philly too to go after maybe more of a uh, a value position in terms of NFL money. So yeah, I guess to chime in, I got to step up for my guy here. You know, uh, Kyle Hamilton. I think he's a great player. Um, I think the injury thing. I wouldn't think too much into it. It's more of like a Bosa thing. He like opted to shut down. It wasn't like a big serious injury. I don't think that should be a major concern. I think he's a great player and has uh, a lot of upside, versatile guy that can be moved, you know, at different spots in the field. Reminds me a lot of, like, Minka in that regard, and I think that's why a lot of the conversation is, like, talking about him at two at certain points earlier in the year, as high as two. But uh, I think he's a great player. I was thinking when I made my Chiefs kind of garbage throw-out offer to Tommy, that's who I was going to take. But uh, I didn't really feel like I wanted to give up very much for the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I think, are in a very interesting interesting predicament with uh, moving Hill. I don't really want to move a ton of picks if I'm Kansas City. And the rest of my teams don't really have a big need for safety. But I think Kyle Hamilton's a great player. Reminds me a lot of Owusu Koromoa in that there's just a slide. I can't really explain why that is. But um, I think he's going to ball out in the league and prove a lot of people wrong. Lee, you're up with the Saints, baby. I am. And, my my uh, trade partner from earlier in the draft process. We, we made a deal earlier on. Yes, we did. That was a couple weeks ago. Um Shoot. 
Now I'm looking up and down the Saints roster here, and, and they've got a pretty complete roster for the most part. Um, you got two swings here uh, in the first round right now, and then in three picks or so. Um, and the biggest blaring kind of hole on this roster that I see is left tackle. Uh, James Hurst is starting at left tackle. I'm not very familiar with him. So I'm kind of going to fly blind a little bit here because I haven't done the necessary homework on tackles. But I'm going to take Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa because of everything that I've read about him kind of points in the direction that he's that he's a big physical guy. He's got a mean streak and there's a you know, a very high percent chance he's going to go in the first round. He seems to be kind of that first tackle, consensus first tackle outside of those top three guys. So I'm going to sit there and, and, and go with the need here and then address maybe more of a luxury pick at 19. But I'm going Penning at 16. I really Tommy, like that you're up pick. Here with the, Good pick. Oh, go ahead. Thanks, Connor. Connor, did uh, did did you get sorted out here with the order? Yes. Okay. Set. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're good. Um, Tommy, you're up at 17. Well, if you've uh, listened to the the recent episodes of the Backstage Podcast, I think you probably know where I'm going here. And this is a guy who I don't think was going to be here on draft day, but I just think this is a dream fit for the Chargers, and it's Jameson Williams going to uh, playing with Justin Herbert. Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are great. I even got some respect for Josh Palmer as a nice third, fourth option. But Jamison Williams uh, has a chance to be you know, an elite deep threat in the NFL from day one. And we saw right now that guy is Jalen Guyton for the Chargers. And with Herbert's arm talent, I just think this is just such a – this is a win-now move for the Chargers and can continue to elevate this offense. Um, and a guy who I think you know has some work to do to become a little bit more of a complete receiver. But from day one – is going to give this offense an explosive option that, you know, they're they're gunning for that division now. They're gunning for a Super Bowl, and Herbert really has the skill set to really take advantage of, of Williams' skill set. So Jameson Williams for the Chargers. All right, I'm back up with the Eagles after taking Kyle Hamilton. Got a couple of guys here that I like. Um, so I would I, I'll offer this pick up, but I will say... I'm probably not trying to move too far back, so probably within the next four picks. If, if Connor or Lee, if you guys have anyone, one specific guy that you want to move and get, let me know. I'm going to pass. I don't want to move too far back. So. No, no, no takers? All right. Well, we'll... Whew. All right, well, I'm going to stick and pick here, and I'm going – I would like to get younger on the defensive line. I really like Karloftis there, um, but I do have a guy who is higher on my board at a position of need for the Eagles. We're going to dress off the ball linebacker and take Devin White here at 18. Mm. I like that, Adam. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, so I'm back with the Saints here. Um, we took Trevor Penning who I think is going to be a day-one starter at left tackle. And I'm really liking the way the offensive line is looking now. I got Trevor Penning there at left tackle. Um, I think Jameis is going to be able to stay healthy, hopefully this year. But the receiver room is not looking great. Um, They went out and signed Marcus May, the safety on defense. So I think the secondary got a nice little boost. Daniel Sorensen, another solid signing. Um... I'm looking at some of these edge rushers. I really, lo- I'm, I'm so shocked. Carl Loftus and Jermaine Johnson are both available, but I'm. There was so much draft capital that was spent on edge rushers, between Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner. Obviously, you still have Cameron Jordan there. I think that 
you know, as good as those guys are, they might kind of get lost in the fray. And I want to see how guys like Turner uh, turn out. Still waiting for Davenport to really take that step after uh, the departure of, of, of Trey Hendricks. Um, to see, you know, playing uh, across from Cameron Jordan, seeing someone reach that level. Um, so I'm going to circle right back to the offense in the receiver room. And, and Michael Thomas has kind of had a rocky past couple of years. And after that, you're kind of looking at Marquez Cal- Callaway and Traquan Smith, who I see in a similar boat of effective receivers, but not necessarily needle movers, guys that I feel like Sean Payton did a lot to scheme their way into success. Um, and this is what I would do mock, so I'm going to go ahead and take who I think is the best receiver available, and that's David Bell out of Purdue um, to be the running mate of Michael Thomas. I'm not worried about his speed. He's never won with speed. I'm, I, the, the 40 time didn't necessarily shock me. Um, I think he's going to be a super effective player anywhere he goes. And I think New Orleans is actually a really good fit for him to slot in as that two receiver behind Michael Thomas and learn from one of the best guys to do it. Um, so David Bell is a pick for me there. Yep, that's a guy I was looking at definitely later with some of the teams I know that I need receivers. I don't really get what the knocks are on him for sliding. I was hoping you'd be there. Well, if you're a receiver and you run under a four-five or, or over a four-five, it's kind of a death wish at this point. Yeah. You know, you're you're not really you're not really going to get those first round looks. But Connor and I, we're not combine guys. No, we're we're, uh, we're college ball guys. I should have known better Bell, that he was going to be gone because yeah, Lee I said it myself. He, him and Olave were the two best receivers in the Big Ten in my opinion last year. I'm sticking to my word here. He's my number. Uh, three or four receiver on my board, kind of depending on fit. But I think New Orleans is a pretty good spot for him. And I'm right back on the board with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I've been kind of excited, happy to make this pick with Pittsburgh. I'm going to take George Karloftis out of Purdue to be running with T.J. Watt. Um, I know Tommy's boy Alex Highsmith got nothing against him, but I think he's kind of more of a rotational guy. And I think pairing uh, Karloftis with T.J. Watt would just be an absolute nightmare. It would ease up a lot of things in the secondary for Pittsburgh. There are a couple quarterbacks I probably could take that I think are better than Mitchell Trubisky right now, but I'm going to trust that with the investment in the offensive line and Trubisky's ability to run a little bit, he can have somewhat of a of a of a, a, res, of a resurgence in this Pittsburgh offense. Um, and I think that the the player that can make you the most competitive at this point right now would be Karloftis or Jermaine Johnson, and I'm going with Karloftis because that Big Ten attitude. I'm going back to back Purdue guys uh, to round out I think my presence here in the first round. So. I'll see you guys in round two. Carl Loftus to Pittsburgh, though. I mean, that's kind of – that's a that's good a way – that's, that's, that's a hard hat pick. pick. Yeah. Uh, all right, Connor. You're uh, you're finally here, baby. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Um, I know, I've just been chiming in from the peanut gallery, but yes. Patriots are up. Yeah, yeah. Patriots here. Um, yeah, it's kind of unclear, like, what the Patriots are looking for. I mean, receiver is definitely, like, a glaring need for sure, but that's never really been Belichick's style. And I know this is a what-would-you-do mock, but I really like the Patriots sort of branding themselves as a run-the-ball team. Uh, but that being said, the Patriots have always been carried by really good defense, and I think the edge is definitely a big need. And for that reason, I'm going to be taking Jermaine Johnson to the Patriots. I think that's a solid pick. And I was really Jermaine Johnson's a really good player. There. But I like Jermaine Johnson's a little more raw, but I think the upside is definitely there. It's so crazy to me that like he left Georgia. Like, can you even imagine? Like, yeah, yeah. Just, like, <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, Connor, you're right back up here with the Packers at 22. Malik Willis, right? Ha. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Why not? I mean, you got Rodgers locked up. You're not really afraid he's leaving anymore. I know. You can go get another, get a quarterback in the future. No, I think uh, the Packers here. They've played with fire long enough. I think they've learned their lesson. 
I think they're going to be thrilled that Garrett Wilson is available here, and that's going to be the pick. You're going to get Rodgers a nice, shiny new toy to keep him happy, especially with letting Devontae Adams go. Whew. All right, I'm up here with the Panthers. I'm not the Panthers, excuse me, the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals are in an interesting spot. Um, you know, we we kind of started off the year hot and then and then fell apart a little bit, and um, you know, fell apart because of some receiver depth issues. Um, you know, defense probably could have been a little bit better too uh, down the stretch. Ultimately, though, we we have a pretty pretty big need uh, at at corner, and. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just gonna go off of you know my guy Carl Jones, big 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 fan of his you know ability to look at these corners and yeah, there's there's some injury concerns with with Andrew Booth, but uh, ultimately I think he's he's gonna be a really solid corner in the NFL. Bring him in, uh, pair him with with Gladney, who's gonna have a, a career resurgence in uh, in Arizona after beating the case, and uh, you know we're we're gonna take off. I like that clip. Yeah. Okay. Connor. I like investing in Carl Jones. We invest in Carl <laughs> Jones' brain trust here, man. He's he's back Jets adjacent. Yes. So Adam took Booth here. Let me get that. Stolen stole stole from the Bills. Yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yep. So the Cowboys, this is always a fun pick to make, the Dallas Cowboys, one that uh, I hold very near and dear to my heart. Um Trying to be nice to the Cowboys this year. Really trying to look at uh, who it is I want here. And the Cowboys are in a tricky spot. they got a lot of uh, very unique needs. It's a tough position because at this uh, this point in the draft, in our what would you do mock, O-line's pretty well picked clean for the first round. And that's like that's really where I would like to go. That's always the Cowboys' identity is building and really investing along that uh, offensive line. But I know they uh, cut earlier this year – one of my favorite linebackers, Jalen Smith, and I know that's a big need that they uh, need to fill. So for that reason, I'm going to take a very intellectually smart player and physically talented player, and that's Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Love it. I think he's a first-round talent for sure. Yeah. I'm back on the, the board with the Buffalo Bills, who are now the – the darlings of the NFL, the favorites to win the Super Bowl, the favorites in the AFC, um, and we're we're wondering how to keep how to keep this train going. Um, and a lot of people think this is the running back spot. Carl Jones and I reaching back to the Carl Jones reference. Carl Jones and I are not a fan of that. Um, could definitely use a corner or an interior defensive lineman, and a guy like Devontae Wyatt surely is enticing. Um, Kier Elam, I'm not you know. Not a tackler, according to Carl. So I'm not. I'm not going to take any risks here, um, and I'm going to keep this this train moving. I'm going to keep this offense moving, and I'm going to take my wide receiver four, and that's Sky Moore. Sky Moore to Buffalo, um, doubling down on this offense and attacking the strength of this team and keeping this team uh, competitive for years to come. Jameson Crowder is probably a short-term option, so you've got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Sky Moore going forward, and I uh, I love this for Buffalo. Connor, what are your cliff notes on Sky Moore? Did you watch him at all at Western last year? Do you have any takes there? Uh, no. My only take is, is I wish I had had the stats up on him because I got some receipts from uh, Dwayne Eskridge conversations with Tommy about why yeah, he wouldn't Yeah, Dwayne Eskridge sucks. Hey, you know. Yeah, I did say that. 
Well, hey, you're taking somebody from the same school, and I would I would love to see what the numbers comparison. Yeah, you is should there. you should watch Dwayne Eskridge, and then you should watch Sky Moore, and you should compare up the stats too. I know you're a numbers guy. You should look at the stats. A couple 250 yard games on Sky Moore's uh, resume. I would love to look at the stats. I mean, I'd love to know what teams they were too. Are they like uh, were they Zach Wilson level teams where they were? They were. They were the Northern Illinois of, of QBR the world against the Chanticleers. Hey, Northern <laughs> Illinois had a hell of a year. Yeah, yeah Skymore hey, put 250 on Northern Illinois. Skymore, I'm rooting for Skymore. He may be a great player. I have no idea what his numbers are. I wish I had known. I would have loved to have seen that. I did not know Tommy was uh, so high on Skymore, but that's why I'm brought in here for this podcast is to be uh, some fresh blood and you know uh, change the conversation a little bit. So I'm 97th percentile hands, 10 and, 10 and a quarter inch hands at 5'10", 195. Yeah, Tommy, you love to see that. Sometimes you got to have the heart of a champion and you know the mind to be able to uh, compete. It's not all about uh, the attributes. He's got the heart of a champion. Uh, was I? So the Western was the only team that was going to play him at. Uh, everyone wanted to make him a corner. He was a quarterback in high school. Didn't play receiver until he got to Western. That was a knock. Um, that was a knock last year when it was Eskridge from you. Was that he was a corner? So I mean, I'm just looking. Yeah, for some Eskridge cons- also is 24. I'm and looking for consistency. All I want is consistency, Tommy. That's why. That's why we keep the receipts, <laughs> man. That's why we keep. Lee, you really, Lee, you opened up Pandora's box here by by bringing Connor into a discussion. Of yes, I did. Let, let's move on. Who's got um, Tennessee? I do. I have Tennessee, and I'm going to take Zion Johnson. We're not going to mm. get too flashy. Uh, we're going to continue to shore up this offensive line, make sure we can continue to run the ball. Uh, let's roll. I'm, I'm on the board with Tampa here, and I'd like to make a trade with one of my other teams, if if that's okay. Oh, if, it has to be uh, certified, offer? but yes. Yeah. But let's, let's, okay, yeah. so I'm going to move up with the Chicago Bears, Ooh. and I'm going to give Tampa 39... And, hmm. Tommy's cooking something up here with the Bears. I'm trying to move up with the Bears here to take, a, to take a certain player. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give them 39 and 48 for 27 and 91. You guys think that's fair? Hang on. Let me let me Maybe pull I up a, let, them, let me pull up a, a value chart here, Tommy. Throw in like a fifth rounder next year. I'm gonna give them a fourth rounder next year. I think a fifth would suffice, but hang on a second. Let me let me pull up the. What what do you want to offer, Tommy? You want to offer thirty nine and forty eight. Thirty nine and forty eight, taking me out of the draft for Chicago on this draft. So I'm giving them their two first round, two second round picks, their own pick, and the Chargers second round pick for twenty seven and ninety one, which is at the end of the third round. And I'm gonna throw in a future fifth round pick for next year, a fifth round pick next year. We got polls in the Windy City making some phone calls. Yeah, that that that'll that'll be that'll be sufficient per per the chart. So the fourth next year? I did fifth, but I will I will fifth. In twenty seven and ninety one? I wanna run the Uh yeah. For 27 to 91. I'm interested to see what all this holobot is, is about. All right. Well, let's well, just. If you look at the teams that are right after this pick, I think we're you gonna can send guess it through, where Tommy. I'm going to be going. We're good. We're good, fellas. Yep. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Right. 27 and 91 for 39 48 and a fifth next year. 
And I'm going to take my last remaining first-round wide receiver, and that's George Pickens, to Chicago. Give uh, Justin Fields an alpha. Um, I don't know if they crossed over at Georgia, but a guy who's my last remaining round one grade at wide receiver and attack, just like we did with Zach Wilson, um, like Connor didn't do with Trevor Lawrence. We're going we're gonna to give our second-year quarterback all he can handle, give him some weapons, and give, him a, give Darnell Mooney a running mate. So George Pickens is the pick from Georgia. Yep, I like Pickens. No complaints there. I think it's a good pick. That's probably who I would have went with Green Bay. So I am now sent scrambling. I like that pick a lot. Thanks, Connor. Yep. So, Connor, you brought in Garrett Wilson uh, a few picks ago. What what direction <laughs> do you think you're going to go here at 28? Yeah, I was really looking forward to going with the double receiver tandem and really just kind of going all in for the Packers. Connor, are you not a are you not a Jahan Dotson fan? Do you th- do you not think that he warrants a uh, selection here at 28? Because I like Jahan. I think right here at the end of the first round, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed. You know, he's not my favorite receiver in the world, but um, I thought he was a pretty stellar player best player on that offense at Penn State last year by a long shot. Not, not that that's saying too much, especially playing through bad quarterback play. I think he was a, he's a pretty good player. Yeah, no, he's definitely he's definitely somebody I'm thinking about here. You also did draft Garrett Wilson. I mean, you don't necessarily need a double dip on receiver, but hey. No, but I like that, though. I like the idea of double dip in, especially when I think really for the Packers, it's just like at this point in the draft, like I would love to go safety or grab something in the secondary, but I just don't really think it's like the biggest need at this point. The Packers are kind of in that position, and that's why I picked them. Is that like you can sort of go luxury and sort mm-hmm. of put your chips in? I mean, I don't really like the idea. I mean, you moved to Devonte Adams, so you're rolling with like with Randall Cobb, and then now you have Garrett Wilson, and then uh, Alan Lazard. Yeah, Alan Lazard. So it's and then I mean your tight ends are really nothing special either. So. True. Really, this is a position where, yeah, honestly, I think I am going to double dip here. It's just the question is going to be who. And I think I'm going to use my better judgment. I am going to make it Jahan Dotson. That's going to be the pick. I think that's a good pick and a good fit. And I like you double dipping on receiver. I think that Green Bay's receiver issues are kind of squashed. If they can bring in Garrett Wilson and Jahan Dotson, I think that's a pretty good tandem to be bringing in to uh, – alleviate some of the some of the vertical struggles that might might be happening without those guys couple big 10 boys staying local yep a lot of snow up there in green bay i can see both these guys are comfortable in the snow yes sir all right so i am on the clock again this is gonna be uh me for four picks in a row so you're gonna get a lot of talking out of me here but all right so for this pick this is gonna be this for the Chiefs here, the Chiefs, again, yeah, one of those teams where you can really go in a bunch of different directions. And I think for this one, for Kansas City, I'm looking at it, and I can't believe he's still available in free agency, but you lost a guy like Tyron Matthew, and I'm going to go out here and get a replacement here. I'm going to take Lewis Seen out of Georgia. Wow. My boy is getting disrespected. I'm, I'm shocked right now. Yeah. But, hey, this is, why, this is why we love it. This is why we do it. <laughs> That's why it's the what would you do, baby. Yes, of course. I like it, Connor. I like you standing your ground here. You're back up again with the Chiefs. Back yes, to back here. Back to back with the Chiefs. And we're going we're gonna to stick with defense here, and we're going to go with uh, Kyrie Elam out of Florida. Just shaping up that secondary. Yep. We're going to play defense this year in Kansas City. And then now the Bengals are on the clock. And the Bengals, they're going to be – they have – 
very interesting team as well. I think a lot of people are going to be fading the Bengals next year. Um, a lot of close games in the playoffs. Um, I mean, the, the clear need is offensive line. Unfortunately for them, like I had already kind of talked about, is that offensive line was flying fast and often. And because of that, I'm going to take the best player available, and that is Brisker out of Penn State. Connor, wow. I love it. Even though it's over Daxton, I still love it. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be a great Bengal. He is going to be a great Bengal. Yeah. Jesse Bates and Jaquan Berkster. That leaves me here with uh, Detroit. Um, man, I was I was I was eyeing Seen and Brisker, Connor. So oh, I'm you, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're you're hurting me a little bit here. Uh, it is a good safety class though, so we got some options. Hey, the still. Lions got Tracy go. Walker, and we signed a safety, so you know. Yeah, Deshaun Elliott is is Are good. You? He just is injury prone, and we're paying him the minimum. So let's not pretend that that's a long term answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Adam, I am, are, are you interested in a trade at all, Adam? Uh, with who? The Jets, going back down to thirty five. Trading up for quarterback? No, not particularly. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, because I'm, I'm just going to take my guy and I'm, I'm going to get the fifth year option. You know, I'm, I'm going to use that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get Christian Watson. Wow. Mr. Anti-Receiver goes and scoops Christian Watson. I love to see it. That's the first round, guys. Well, that, that's quite, yeah, that's, that's quite a first, first round. round. Should, should we recap for the listeners? Um, yeah. I don't know. Let's just let's just keep rolling. I mean, <laughs> I guess we're know. telling them to to rewind. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll, you get you can rewind. We'll recap uh, at the conclusion of the draft. Um, Connor, I guess, is back up on the board now with Jacksonville. Yeah, we um, went after we went D line here. I know uh, Jacksonville fans, and uh, I know Tommy's been clamoring for a receiver, but they're gonna have to keep clamoring because we're gonna go and take Daxton Hill here at the top of the second. That's round. the pick, man. That's Damn the pick. It. That's the pick, Connor. Connor Ryan comes in and takes three safeties in four picks, <laughs> yep. and I couldn't be happier. Because Daxon Hill, it was, it was a ticking time bomb there. That guy, I think, in the real draft, is going to be going in the first round. Oh yeah, and I think this is a great fit for Jacksonville. He's a day one starter. I was I was trying for the Jets, but the Jets Nation just know I was trying to get Daxon. But we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to pivot at thirty five. Hmm. Well. Man, brings me uh, you know back on on the clock here with the Lions. Uh, a lot of the safety talent has left. I'm gonna gonna go ahead and take uh, Josh Paschal out of Kentucky. Wow, big fan of his game. Leader eats glass. Also uh, has got probably the funniest uh, commercial. I think it was through the. Uh, you know the players getting paid in college. He he, he signed a he signed a, a deal with some. I'm forgetting what it was, but he he did a stellar commercial. If he if it doesn't work out on the gridiron, he'll probably <laughs> he can probably be an actor one day. The commercial is very funny. Warm puzzle too with uh, Josh yeah. Pascal. He's gonna he's gonna be the star. The lead. Um, um, Tommy, you're up. I'm up with the Jets, and we were clamoring for Daxon Hill, but it's okay. We're just gonna go grab another guy from Ann Arbor who slipped to the second round. Uh, David Ojabo. David Ojabo is a first-round talent. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to come back in December for the playoff run with the Jets. Um, and so David Ojabo is the pick here. 
Um, and, and just get, pairing him with Robert Sala, I, I love this fit, and um, I, I would be thrilled if the Jets went this way um, come Thursday. Um, we're back. We're staying in New York, but with the Giants here. Um, Lee took uh, Charles Cross, and you got the um, I got, got Charles sauce. Cross, right? and I got Drake London. Oh, Drake London. That's right. Sorry. So I'm going to be drafting on the defensive side of the ball now, and it's coming down to two players. I'm seeing this edge rush. It's coming straight at me. This, this edge rush with, with, with uh, Pashal and Ojabo going. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to join the party. I'm going to take my guy, and that's Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State. Um, an absolute menace off the edge. Big dude. Really physical. I think pairing him with Aziz Ojolari and Quincy Roche you know, you're going to get a nice little rotation of guys there getting after those opposing are all quarterbacks. Guys. Those are all they, they are. Those are all they are. So, so getting Cam Thomas in there, I got, I got nothing against it. Um, and yeah, I think, I think he's a great guy to add to, to that rotation. I'm back up with Houston, and our last pick of the what I would do mock, we've uh, got Evan Neal and Trent McDuffie, just some, some pillars, some cornerstones for years to come. Um, and I'm going to grab a guy here that I'm a little surprised has, has fallen. Um, he's a little bit older of a player. He's 24 years old, but was, uh, you know, as, as it brings a pass rushing skill set to the inside, and that's Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Was an impact player, um, and Houston can use the help all, all over the defense, and Wyatt is a, uh, is a really good player to, to you know, give, give them a pass rushing aspect from the inside of that defensive line. And I'm back up with the New York Jets. Um, I've got David Ojabo, uh, Chris Olave, and Iki Aquanu. Um, and we're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. And we're going to take a guy who um, I think maybe we're all sleeping on a little bit. Um, Jalen Petrie from Baylor. A versatile player. Models his game after Tyron Matthew, and you could see it. He plays with plays with some fire. Can play a little safeties. Can play a little corner. Um, and we've now have attacked kind of all the Jets' needs, in my opinion. So uh, I, I love what Tommy Joe Douglas has done here for uh, for the Jets. You're back, uh, Tommy, with the the Bucks here after trading out of the first round. Yeah, back with the Bucks and. Um, this is this is another interesting spot, and I'm gonna go ahead and grab a guy that I almost would have been taking at um, whatever it was, 27, um, and that's Travis Jones from UConn, another right. interior uh, pass rusher, uh, kind of I think is a great pairing with Vita Vea. I'm listening to John Ledyard over on the uh, Stock Exchange podcast. He uh, um, was talking about there. They really Bruce Arians kind of flat out said they want interior defensive linemen and especially interior defensive linemen who can rush the passer. So we've got three picks out here coming up here in the first round, and Travis Jones is going to uh, be our leadoff uh, pick here. Seahawks back on the clock. I took Jordan Davis up in the first round, and uh, one of my favorite edge players is on the board here. I'm going to grab Boye Mafe from uh, from Minnesota to add to that defensive line. Then we're going to uh, add to the, the offensive line and take uh, Kenyon Green, a mm. guy who can play a, a bunch of positions along the O-line, continue to bolster that. We're going to the trenches to, to rebuild Seattle. 
So now I'm up here with the Indianapolis Colts making you my are. inaugural pick here. The only, the only pick for the Colts. Yeah. Um, I want to first say I really like what the Colts did this offseason. Bringing in Stephon Gilmore, Rodney McLeod, um, making the swap to get Yannick Ngakwe. I think this is a team that they've got one thing in mind, and that's winning a, a, a national or a, 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 a that's winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> that's winning a world championship, not a national championship. Um, and I think in order to do that, they're going to need to get a receiver. The only issue is is that uh, there's not very many receivers here on the board that I think warrant the 42nd pick. I think we've kind of like we we've we've run the well dry. Um, Lee, Lee I, just, may, I, I could maybe appease you with a, uh, a trade-up, perhaps. Okay, I, I'm, my I ears know. are open. I'm Chris Ballard. There's a, there's a guy on the board I like. I just got to see if there's a team that. I'm Chris sense. Ballard, and I'm got I'm got I've got two lines. I got two lines on my phone. Yeah, I'll, I'll make you an offer for for Philly because we. Uh, I, I, I there's a guy that I think would, would go well in Philly here. Um, if you're if you're willing to go back to 51. Um, be, yeah, I'll go back, back. I'll go back to 51. You'd be going back nine spots. I'm going to need a nice little offer here. Yeah, let's see. Mm, so. What is this pick? The 42nd pick? It is. Hmm, 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 hmm. Um, I'll give you, uh, well, we'll, we'll swap and I'll, I'll throw you, uh, my third next year. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. So 42 and 51 and a third coming to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. For next year's draft. So we slid down 11 picks, and we acquired a third rounder next year. Nine, the way nine the picks. board is shaped up, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Nine picks. Nine picks, yep. It's math. Simple math for you. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Arnold Evichetti. Mm. Probably would have been my pick, Clep, had I had to stay. So I got, I got us, you know, Tommy, I like to talk about one player at each level, right? I got us Colin yep. Hamilton, Devin Lloyd, and now, now I got us Arnold. Rebuilding that defense, which like, I, like I don't know, I, I that that a little bit comes from like I get maybe trying to help out Jalen Hurts a little bit, but I I don't um, I, I've seen I've seen what I need to see from him. So, Tommy, you have the the Falcons here. You took Stingley. Took Stingley and still no quarterbacks taken, but uh, it's, I'm not going to start here. We're going to commit to Marcus Mariota this year, and we're going to continue to build this team for the future. Um, and with a team that has needs seemingly everywhere, you're not going to take your boy Malik here, man, in the second round. You don't like you don't like the upside. I like the upside, but you know what? I don't think we're going to be very good, and I think we're going to have a high pick next year. And um, I don't like Malik as much as I like Bryce Young. I'll tell you that much. And uh, I want to I want to get I want to give Marcus Mariota his uh, his due. And I'm going to take a I'm going to take a luxury pick here. I'm going to take my RB one, and that's Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker the third going to Atlanta. Tommy breaking, popping the cherry for popping running, the running backs. back cherry, baby. Very shocking here. It is shocking. Uh, I'm on the board. 
with the Cleveland Browns. I will not be trading this pick. I don't want to hear any offers because there's a guy, there's a scheme versatile guy that I'm going to be drafting here at 44, and that's DeMarvin Leal. Great pick. Texas A&M. This is a guy who I watched watch, watch college ball all year. I assume this guy would be a first-round pick. Played on the inside a little bit. Played on the edge a little bit. Super athletic. Um, kind of a cornerstone of that defense at Texas A&M the past two years. I um, think it's a really good fit for, for Cleveland. So I'm, I'm happy to, to be making that pick at 44. All right, we're, we're back up again with the Ravens. Um, Interesting spot. We took we took Trayvon Walker. Um, potentially, you know, at a spot now where we can, you know, take our take our best player available at, at the moment. Um, Any uh, anyone trying to trade up? There's a there's a couple guys, but I, I'm, I can, I can do a trade up. But I, there's a guy I like. But you know. Um. I'd, I'd entertain trade offers. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Clep, I'll give you um, 48 with Tampa um, for 45, and I'll throw you 261, seventh-round pick. Move back three spots and get a seventh. Yeah, I'll just take Raymond. Mm. Taking Bernard, Bernard Raymond. Raymond, the tackle out of Central Michigan, who had a who had a great Senior Bowl. Um, you know, we we're, we're still trying to find our uh, our uh, Orlando Brown replacement, so we'll take uh, we'll take Raymond, develop him behind Morgan Moses. After trading up in the first round, I'm back up here with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, Got sauce with the first pick, so we, we kind of boosted the secondary a little bit. A little bit. Not really liking what I see on the inside of the defensive line outside of Dalvin Tomlinson. I know you went out and got Clep's boy Harrison Phillips. My boy Jalen Twyman recovered from the gunshot wounds. I think he's going to make a big impact. Uh, I like James Lynch. You know, a lot of kind of names in there, but I don't think anyone you can really, really rely on. They did get Zadarius Smith, which I think is a solid signing. If he can if he can stay healthy, I think he'll be making an impact across from Danielle Hunter. But, hey, man, Eric Kendricks is getting old. Uh, Jordan Hicks, I know they brought him in, but he's not necessarily super young. I like Troy Dye as a depth linebacker. But I'm going to go ahead and, t- and kind of take a mix of who I think the best player available is, um, also while fitting a need, and that's Quay Walker, the linebacker out of Georgia. Um Really just trying to build this defense up. I think Minnesota offensively, especially with the new coach, they're going to be able to score points. Um, they made some signings along the offensive line, and, and you know there's, there's high expectations for Kirk Cousins and Thielen and Jefferson. Like what I saw out of K.J. Osborne last year, so I'm just going to stick defensive here and, and go Sauce and Quay Walker. I'm right back up with the Commanders. Washington Commanders. That's their, yeah. That's who did name. you uh, who did you take here? You had Burks. I you, did. You had I t- receiver I took, there at, at eleven. Uh, yeah, I took Traylon Burks. Um, oh man, you can't really rely on Chase Roulier and West West Schweitzer to, I guess you know, get the job done inside there. But they do have Shaq Calhoun. You know, they've got some depth guys. I think 
it seems that Washington kind of finds a way to get it done on the offensive line every year. Um, maybe that's just me tricking myself out of out of taking alignment, but I'm going to do something that might be a little ballsy, and I'm going to take Carson Strong here. Uh, he's my favorite quarterback in the draft. I don't think Carson Wentz is anything close to a long-term answer. I know you gave away the capital to get Wentz, but I think this is a good spot to get Strong. Um, I ultimately think he could give Wentz a run for his money uh, in training camp to, to battle for that job. And um, I think if there aren't any long-term knee issues, which is, I know, a red flag, I think Strong could end up being a franchise quarterback for you. So to get him at 47, um, I'm, I'm happy to do that here for, for the commanders. And I'm back on with the Bucks with our second pick of the second round. Um, really like the way the board's falling for me, and I'm going to attack a position of value in a player that I really liked, and I'm, I almost picked with the Jets, and I'm kind of surprised that uh, he fell this far, and it's Roger McCreary, the corner from Auburn, um, joining Carlton Davis, another Auburn corner down in Tampa. Um, Tampa, you know, you can always use some corners, and um, I think Roger McCreary is a, a kind of a day-one starter, and just keeping this uh, Tampa Bay uh, team strong and going all-in for this year with potentially Brady's last run. No, I'm back. That brings you up with the Saints here. Yeah, I mean, David Bell and Penning. I got I got Penning and David Bell, so I'm I'm looking solid here. Uh, We're investing in Jameis. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take Leo Chanel here, the Mm. linebacker out of Wisconsin. Um, I know you got Zach Bond. but Pete Werner and Demario Davis, I don't know, solid. But they could definitely use another linebacker to get in that rotation. And I think uh, Chanel's a pretty high high floor pick, um, right around forty to fifty. I think is where I would I would probably grade him out in my head. So I think this is a pretty solid spot for him. All right, so Connor, brings you're up, up with to the, me Chiefs. the Chiefs. Yes, sir. Yep. So the Chiefs, I believe I've gone. Wide receiver, and I or nope. no, I've just gone defense. You, you haven't taken a wide receiver. You took you took Seen and you took Seen and, and, and Elam. In Elam, yes. So we're we're done with defense for the Chiefs. And oh yes, now I remember who I wanted to take here. All right, so the Chiefs, you know, they brought in Juju. Um, I don't really think that replaces Tyreek Hill. I think um, the way I've tried to go with this draft is to improve the defense to offset some of that loss. We're going to see what the Chiefs really do. I was really interested when Andy Reid, I got to shout out Corey Coleman if John Dolan is listening to this podcast. I know he'll enjoy that. <laughs> but we're going to go get another receiver for the Chiefs, even if we have to wait a little bit. We're going to take uh, John Mechie from Alabama. It's a good pick, Connor. That would have been the pick here with the Colts. So now I'm Ballard's real. He <laughs> <laughs> just took Mechie right from underneath me. I was trying to be smart by trading back, and I ended up kind of – putting myself in a bad position, but we're, we're going to make an identity pick here and we're going to go ahead and take uh, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Um, yeah, I think he played guard in college, but has tackle potential. And from what I've watched of him, he, uh, he's got a mean streak about him and the Colts had some departures on the offensive line this year. I know they, they like to rely on their depth guys. Danny Pinter is going to step in, but you can never rely on those guys staying too healthy and you've got to keep Matt Ryan that, Matt Ryan, if you want to get anything out of him, you've got to keep him upright because he's gotten sacked 
I think more than any quarterback in the NFL over the past four years. Don't quote me on that. But if he hasn't been the most, he's got to be up towards the top. Um, and now we're on the board with Steelers. Steelers after getting Carl Loftus. Yeah, okay. You made some signings along the offensive line. Um, you got Carl Loftus. Are you rolling with Trubisky this year? That's the question. Um, I don't think I am. I think I'm going to take Sam Howell here. Uh, I think it's a pretty good value. The Tar Heel, Tar Heel QB room. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to take Sam Howell here. I think he's better than Mitch Trubisky. So we're going to see uh, if he can't win that battle in camp. And you need depth anyway. Um, I think I think it's a good culture fit. Um, and I think Sam Howell can grow into being their, their quarterback of the future. Connor, you doubled up a receiver with the Packers. You have Dotson and, and Wilson. Yes. Yes. Where are, we, where are we going here at 53? Yeah, we're going to go with uh, Daniel Falele, tackle Minnesota. He weighs 380 pounds. That's a size guy. That's a weight pounds. Pick, yeah. That's a big boy. <laughs> oh, gosh. And uh, you're up with the Patriots, too. Yes, I'm back up with New England here. And New England... You know, I went towards the running identity. Um, can you run back who I've taken to New England at this point? Jermaine Johnson. That's right. Yeah, we went with Jermaine Johnson. So, with them, I went. I just took Mechie. That kind of seemed to be the ride receiver people were sort of waiting on here, late in the round here. I don't really love the value at receiver right now for the Patriots. It's, it's a tough decision here where I'm going to go. If they want to go corner or receiver. Overall, I think I'm going to go cor- – you know what? I'll go receiver. I'm going to take Justin Ross from Clemson. We're going to hope the injury uh, turns out all right. All right, I'm up here with the, the Cardinals. I think he's – yep, all right. I'm going to take Logan Hall from uh, from Houston. Good pick, Clef. Some good uh, you know ability to rush from the interior. Look. Starting to like Prep loves his Cougars. Love my cute. I uh, love Tyus Bowser. Love uh, Peyton Turner. Like me some Logan Hall. So, so getting we're getting a little old in, in the interior with JJ Watt. Um, obviously got Lucky Foe too, but you know we're just gonna we're gonna continue to add to our uh, interior line. Connor is up with the uh, America's team. Yes, we're up with Dallas. Got Nicobe Dean. Yes, Nicobe Dean. Let me enter my pick here and make sure we're all on track. All right, so. I believe it's just Connor and Tommy that are taking us the rest of the way here. Is yep. it really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Would you unless, look at that? unless Lee and I orchestrate some sort of trade off. Yeah. There. Yeah. So the Cowboys here, I took a safety already. I was really looking at DeVarvin Leal for the Cowboys here. That was going to be my, like, very nice, do something nice for the Cowboys pick here. But unfortunately, Lee uh, snagged him. A lot earlier, actually, in this round. So, for the Cowboys here, I think I'm going to be boring. I think I'm going to go on the O-line. I'm going to take Kennard out of uh, Kentucky. Mm. It's not really a, a fun pick with an I. Kennard with an I, I might add. Kennard? Gary Kennard. I don't know. How do you spell it? K-I-N-N. Oh. Yeah. 
Tommy, back up. That brings you to the the Bills. Who'd you uh, snag earlier? Got Sky Moore. Sky Moore, that's right. <clears throat> I got Sky Moore. I'm back up with the Bills. And um, wouldn't you be damned? I'm going to take Brees Hall here with the Bills. Not in round one, but right in round two, getting Brees Hall. Tommy taking two, both running backs. Taking both of the uh, consensus top two running backs. Um, this is just too sweet to pass up, um, and I think they can afford to make this pick after taking uh, Sky Moore. So, Brees Hall to Buffalo. And uh, I'm back up with Atlanta. Uh, took Kenneth Walker and Derek Stingley. Let's peruse my depth chart real quick. Yeah. Again, this is a team um, that could use a lot of help. Uh, we attacked corner already. We got our running back of the future uh, to pair with whoever the quarterback is next year. And um, I'm going to take a high-ceiling edge, who I think was just starting to flash his potential down in uh, Southern California, and that's Drake Jackson. Um, High-level recruit. Um, I think has all the physical talent you can need and uh, I think is a, is a good value here for Atlanta attacking a position in need. Connor, you're up with the Packers. Yeah, that brings me back up to Green Bay. And I used my better judgment with Green Bay by uh, going with Jahan Dotson. Now I'm gonna we're going to get frisky because it's late in the second round and so what would you do? And I'm going to go, we're going to just keep putting the chips in on the offense. Aaron Rodgers can have no excuses. He's going to be so scrutinized in the media if he doesn't get it done with this offense. And we're going to take the best tight end in the draft, Jalen Weidemeyer, right here in the second round. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Love it, Connor. Yeah, we're taking him here. I don't know. You, we, can, we can groan all we want when Tommy has, like, three tight ends in the first round next year. I don't want to hear it. We're going to take Jalen Weidemeyer right here. Not concerned about the athletic profile. No, no. The guy can ball. I think – and he's not going to need to be the greatest thing in the world. We're taking him in the second round here. I think he's going to be a – He's going to be better than Tanyan, I think, and Rodgers is going to need all the help he can get. You know, you can run a two tight end set. They got a AJ Dillon back there with Aaron Jones. I think the Packers' uh, offense we're going to unleash it, and I don't really love the receivers at this point in the draft. So I think Wadamar makes a lot of sense here, but that's just me. No love for Trey McBride, Connor. What's your thoughts on Trey McBride? I don't have a lot of love for Trey McBride at Colorado State. I think uh, Wadamar showed he could be the focal point of the offense. I think people overreact when players have like one good year and then the next year aren't that great. And then you know, I mean, we've we haven't we've obviously probably I wouldn't even say obvious. It's disrespect, but I would say compared to the national media, you know, Kenny Pickett's on the board, and that's a guy who looked one way for three years and then looked different for another. And you know, now we're talking about him being the first quarterback off the board. So. I, th- I think the Weidemeyer thing is just purely the fact that he ran a, ran a five flat and his athletic profile is pretty underwhelming. I, th- I mean, I think that's just kind of the. You were talking about look at the stats when it came to a Western Michigan receiver earlier. So I think uh, we- yeah, Weidemeyer has some big numbers. I'm not concerned about it. I think uh, 40 time is a little bit overblown. I think, I mean, it's a tight end we're talking about here. If he can. Jalen Weidemeyer is a, is a baller. Yeah, I think. Period. The, the, Point the, blank, period. Yeah, I, anybody, so, this is like, I mean, this is the discrepancy here. It's, I mean, this is why you bring on another guy that watches college ball is, you know, the people who are like talking about Weidemeyer going at like pick 200, those people are the same people that were putting up some prospects that I didn't really necessarily agree with the other year as well. I'll leave it at that. I think it's shades of, it's, it's shades of my former tight end one, Hunter Bryant. That's what that's what I'm getting uh, flashbacks. Well, for. he had some injuries right though. Didn't, I mean, I'll give you some. I'm not gonna really rip you for Hunter Bryant with you know 
everything that went on there. Well, another guy who I loved his tape but ran a five flat and now is, you know, couldn't couldn't break the Lions roster and is seemingly out of the league. So, but you know what? That's the beauty of this uh, exercise. I'm up with uh, my last pick, I believe, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm going to take a versatile offensive lineman that I know Lee and I both like a lot, and that's Jamari uh, Sawyer from Georgia. Uh, can play some tackle, can, I think, step in and play guard right away um, and really complete this offensive line, but also can be a swing tackle for um, a team that uh, in Tampa who lost uh, Joe Haig, I believe. Yes. So um, right now we have Aaron Stinney slotted at left guard. But, uh, and he so, lost Marpet too. Yep, lost yeah, I think that's awesome. an awesome pick. I probably I was I was considering him at uh, 51, but I went kind of media chalk with Tyler Smith. Um, but yeah, love love Sawyer. Really really glad he got. I think he, he's definitely a top two round player. So glad that someone took him here. Connor, you're taking us the rest of the way. We're also introducing two new teams uh, to the mock, and uh, first one is San Fran here at 61. Yeah, San Fran. So I think for San Francisco here, I mean. The main need is offensive line. I don't. Even, I know they need corners. I actually thought Ambry Thomas played really well for the 49ers last year, but um, it is a need listed there, and there's a guy I like, and it's getting to the end of the second round. So I want to make sure that uh, he goes at this point in the draft. And I think he's uh, a little bit slept on, and that is um, Kyler Gordon from Washington. He gets uh, first round hype. Yeah, yep. yeah, we're getting him. I mean, pretty pretty late in the game here. Chiefs. All right, back to the Chiefs. So I believe I just took John Mechie with the Chiefs, and I had taken a defense. Yep. I've gone defense but not defensive line earlier, and that is going to change. We're going to go get a defensive lineman out of Alabama, and that is Fedarian Mathis. We're going to shore up that D-line, stop the run. Bengals. Yes, and then back to me with Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati, um, offensive line, definitely a big need there. Really more so on the interior, which is what is making this pick really, really tough for me. And you know what? We're going to have to address it. Even though he spells his name atrociously, I'm going to take Sean Ryan out of UCLA. (laughs) R-H-Y-A-N. He's attacked. Okay, and then the the, the, the Denver uh, Broncos here with the, the last pick of the 2022 What Would I Do mock draft. Any interest in a trade, Connor? A trade? Actually, yeah. possibly. Um, with the New York Jets. It's, yeah. Let me think. You'd be moving down five spots. Oh, this is – I have Denver. I didn't even know I had Denver. Never mind. Yes. No tra- no trade then. I actually know what I want. All right. I'm going to take uh, – with the last pick in the draft, I'm going to take another guy that I, that I just like. I know people roll their eyes at it. I'm going to take Darion Kendrick. That should do that it. That completes it. Love it. Um, kind of as we, we – we, oh. Of course, he wants me to buy something. Classic PFF can't stop shilling their own product. Right, um, boys. Any uh, any uh, ma- any guys that you know stick out to you? The you know, favorite picks that you guys made, or any guys that maybe fell out of the first two rounds that um, 
He did very interesting. I mean, Malik is the I elephant mean, in the room. Yeah, of course. <coughs> yeah, I just don't really know. I'm, I'm surprised that Malik wasn't taken, considering the fact that Tommy had been making my life hell for the past year and a half, uh, sending me Malik Willis clips and hyping him up. I was hyping him up during the summer. Here yes. we are doing a two-round mock, and, and he's not taken. Don't forget surprising. Don't forget Corral. Yeah, Corral, too, another guy who... All I said was, was Corral. Seemingly a first round guy. Hey, I like it. I um, think he's learned his lesson, everybody. So everybody who watched last year's pod, you know, this is this is this is vindication right here. That's what I'm I'm gonna plant my flag. I think Malik is the only one where there's legitimate criticism, but I also have not been really shilling Malik that hard since last summer. Obviously the Syracuse game was uh, was a tough total swallow and I and I've said it on a recent podcast whenever we talked about him. Um, there's there's serious process concerns, and for me, it's just like I'm not going to be taking that risk with a team like Atlanta, obviously, where I think the team's going to be bad, and you're going to be stuck with Malik Willis, and you're going to have a chance to probably get a better quarterback prospect at the top of next year's draft. And, you know, for some teams, that's a good problem to have. Look at the Eagles, how they did it with Jalen Hurts. Um, but I just wasn't really willing to take that risk. Um Maybe. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pat myself on the back a little bit for uh, my two picks with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think Minnesota's in a spot right now where it's win now. Um, they got to start competing with the Packers and to go out get Sauce Gardner and get Quay Walker in the second round. I think you're bringing two guys who are going to probably get a lot of playing time on your defense from day one um, and put you in a position to kind of be that in that NFC it's going to be wide open teams 5 through 7 in that playoff hunt. So if you can kind of sneak your way in there um you know anything can happen. Um so I think Minnesota just needs to kind of get aggressive in the draft a little bit and go get guys that are going to win them games now because that window isn't getting any wider. Um so yeah. Yeah, I, I like what I did for the the Eagles. Um Going with Kyle Hamilton and then Devin Lloyd at 18. There at 18, I was kind of deciding between Lloyd and Karloftis. Um, but I kind of bet on an edge being available a little bit later. And then when I saw some of them go, um, moving up to get Ebiketti. Uh, just getting one guy to add to each level of that defense uh, in the first two rounds in the top 50 picks. I, I liked uh, just helping the, the, the Eagles on, on defense just a little bit. And, um, you know, still probably need to add a corner. Uh, but we got two first-round picks next year. Probably need to figure it out at quarterback, too. But um, like like what I did for the Eagles going into this season. I like what Tommy did with Tampa. I, mm-hmm. think, I think that was really, really smart. Moving back, getting Travis Jones, getting McCreary, who I like a lot, and can kind of sink in with that defense. I don't think they're going to put more on his plate than, than is necessary. Um, and he's going to kind of run with the dogs in that secondary. And then plucking uh, Sawyer later in the in the second round. I think that's a really solid three picks for Tampa, and I think they're going to come back with some vengeance if they can do anything close to that uh, in the draft. Yeah, I um, I was just going to say Trey McBride not going, I think, is, is the, the biggest guy left on the board for me. I think he's he's a round two player for me. I really like him a lot, but got to respect Connor getting his guy. And, and I guess I'll just piggyback. I was going to say Tampa, but honestly, I really like what I did for Chicago too. Um, for Chicago, I think it's either wide receiver or offensive line. And for me, them getting a guy like George Pickens um, to continue out to help Justin Fields, we've talked about it on podcasts past, it just seems like Chicago's kind of abandoning Justin Fields, um, which I know we all kind of are a little bit uh, perturbed by. And I think getting a guy like Pickens, who I think is a perfect pairing with Darnell Mooney, and 
you know, they've got two picks in the third round now from Tampa, uh, from the one from Tampa on their own. They can attack that offensive line. There wasn't really a tackle that I thought was going to be making a bigger impact than George Pickens in year one. So really like I did what I did for Chicago. And then um, Buffalo, too, getting Sky Moore, who I'm higher on than uh, consensus. And then Brees Hall, who probably will not be there when they pick in the second round. But getting a guy uh, who can really tote the rock and take some some of the stress off of Josh Allen, I think, is uh, a really nice move as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I, um, I like that. And then the Jets, obviously, I, I really like what I did for the Jets as well. So, big big fan of what uh, what we all did, I think. Um, I will say, I, I am having some buyer's remorse for taking Kenneth Walker with the Falcons. Um, <laughs> I think he's I think he's a fantastic player, but uh, you know he'll be he'll be great for them and whoever their their quarterback is their quarterback is the future. But letting the guy like McCreary sleep, or I, I guess not McCreary, but um, there was someone else who I was thinking about taking that I didn't. Um, uh, Logan. Yeah, who's it? Logan Hall, who Clep ended up taking. That was who I was going to take. Uh, but, you know, live and learn. And uh, Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall, both of them, are going to be incredibly productive from, from day one. So, um, yeah. I guess I'm the only only guy who thinks there are quarterbacks, uh, any quarterbacks that are worth taking in the first few rounds. I, I took Strong and Howell. Um yeah, I mean, Lee, I was I was going to consider orchestrating a trade-up for Detroit to get Howell at the end of the second round, Yeah, um, but didn't feel good enough about taking him at, at 32 or 34. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just don't... The thing that I, I hit with these quarterbacks, man, it's like I... I at what point, you know, are, are quarterbacks worth taking if they're not going to be, like, the top 10 guy in the NFL, right? Because I feel like you can get pretty average quarterback play for pretty cheap these days. I mean, Baker Mayfield, who knows what he's going to be worth, but, you know, but, like, you can theoretically get Baker Mayfield for, for pretty cheap, right? And it's like, what are the chances that Sam Howell is, like, a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield is? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um I just think it's interesting I, I just, to like pick it like if you if you want to really get deep into the metrics like with the bustability like probabilities like there's a 50-50 chance that he's an average NFL starter and I believe it's like a 10 to 15% chance he's a top 10 quarterback and you know you're talking about a second round nobody's you know we're not even like we haven't even discussed him until I just now like pick it you know going in the second round I think is interesting I didn't really have a team that had the need. I mean, I the probably the most QB needy team I had was the Cowboys, which is saying something. So there's really nowhere for me to go get I, one. But and I think with Pickett too, it's like I, when you're picking a quarterback who has less than desirable physical tools. I think when you look at the quarterbacks in the NFL, the only quarterbacks that fit that bill are Joe Burrow and Mac Jones, really, in terms of like arm strength and I guess Tua. But if you're going to like Put your uh, put your cards on the table for a quarterback who doesn't necessarily have like an NFL arm and doesn't necessarily, you know, have physical physical tools that are just like up to par with some of the the star quarterbacks in the NFL. Then they got to have the intangibles and they have to have other things that that bring them up. And I just think I don't see that with Pickett at all. I tend to agree with Lee. I think he's a career backup in the NFL and you know uh, a twenty to thirty two. Like I think that. Strong and Howell both can be top ten quarterbacks if they play to their potential. That's why I took them. Like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not 
I just disagree with, and I have kind of all offseason, I guess, with you guys when it comes to you guys kind of thinking, I guess, that there are no quarterbacks who have the potential to be top 10. Strong. Um, I, I'd agree with you, Leon. Strong, maybe. Um, with Howell, it's just like I don't see how, like, his I think, play style. I think he needs some good coaching and I don't see how, some like, good Howell's offensive line play style translates to the NFL. Because it's like he was extremely successful with his legs in college, and I don't think it'll be like that for him in in the NFL. And I think he also has a lot of the issues that like Malik has with like first read then bail. Um, and and I, he's not as athletic as Malik Willis is. Well, he's not as athletic, but I would argue that a lot more was put on his plate. Yeah, um, sure. he was playing against much better competition on a regular basis. Yes, that's true. Um, also, lost a ton of and, production to the NFL draft from his junior mm-hmm. year to his senior. Yep, yeah. and year. North Carolina had had a uh, bottom half offensive line in the ACC every single year he was playing quarterback for them. Um, I think that was kind of part of the reason why he was running for his life a lot of the time. I'm not necessarily in the Sam Howell fan club. I yeah. have been saying it for a while. I think he's a fringe first-round player. I was, I'm was i very comfortable taking him in the mid to late second round. I'm not of the belief that if you're not taking quarterback in the first round, then they're not worth taking, which I'm not saying you are, but a lot of people kind of think that way. I don't. I think Davis Mills is a good example of someone who was a good pick last mm-hmm. year. I think they took him in the third round, and now all of a sudden he might be their quarterback in the future. Um, but, yeah, I just think that getting Sam Howell in a culture like Pittsburgh – um, yeah, I don't know. I think with uh, getting him around good coaches, getting him behind a good offensive line, starting to figure out how he can play to his strengths and to limit his mistakes. Um, I think you can end up getting good a pretty back. good player. Yeah, I think you can get on getting a pretty good player. Now, I would agree, Clep. If Baker Mayfield gets cut, I think the Steelers should jump on that too. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, obviously, if they don't draft a quarterback, um, but I, I just think it's kind of a. A solid value pick, and I felt the same way about why. I think Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback, like yeah. kind of point blank period. I think he's a bad quarterback. That's the reason why he's been on. He's on his third team in the past two years, and I know they gave up too much for him, but I don't know the idea of. And I got Traylon Burks. The idea of getting that offense with a competent quarterback who's not going to be erratic with the football, who's not going to make bad turnovers, who's going to play well from the pocket and let the players around him. Uh, do things to help them succeed. To me, that can win you the division. And um, Lee, can I ask you if you were um, if you were picking for Detroit, would you have taken Stronger Howell at thirty two or thirty four? Yes, I would have. Okay. Yeah, I would have. I would have taken Strong. I think if Strong's on the board at thirty two, that would be you take him at thirty two to get the yeah, yeah. That would be the pick I make. I've been I'm staying consistent with what I said. I don't know. Again, I don't have the access to the to the specific yeah. medicals, mm-hmm. but just based off what I saw, he's my number one quarterback. I would grade him as a mid first round talent. I don't think he's worth taking with the number two pick. Um, I think he maybe would be if he had a healthy knee, to be honest. Um, but yeah, at thirty two, I think he can step in and, and and be better than Jared Goff, honestly. So um, yeah, I like I th- like the, my thing is my whole thing is like I don't disagree that I, I do think I would like to have him instead of Goff. Like I think he might end up being maybe not year one or whatever, but I think he would end up being better than Goff. But then it's like, what is the ceiling, right? Like is the well, ceiling, I guess you know, is the ceiling but, but ultimately then, a guy who can because you're it turns you're, into a quarterback. I'm, I'm looking it, for Josh Allen. I'm looking for Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking for you know those that level of player to you know 
I think Carson that, Strong like, is more like year. a Joe Flacco kind of maybe yeah. Philip Rivers. Tommy brought up Philip Rivers. I think he's more kind of of that mold. Um, I don't know. I think that it's interesting because it's like who'd you take at thirty two? You took Christian Watson. Christian Watson, right? Yeah. So that pick could bust too. Yeah, for sure. I, like, and he could just not be good. And I feel like we have a sense of when we have the clean slate of a draft in front of us, we want to. We're like, let's build the roster. Let's build the roster. And it's almost like it's more risky to take a quarterback because it's almost more obvious when they don't fit the bill. Yeah. When in reality, it's like, who's to say that? Uh, any receiver you take there is going to fit the bill. Um, obviously, there's probably a higher percent chance that they're going to end up being a good pick just based on the fact that it's a little bit easier, I think, to succeed with traits in the NFL as a receiver than it is as a quarterback. But I think that the potential upside of the pick working out for a quarterback makes it so that the risk is worthwhile. Um, and if you can get Carson Strong in the building, and he is what you what I think he is, which is an above-average to good NFL starter, which is better than Jared Goff, which is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, which can be in that kind of Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins category, which I think he can be in. To me, that's well worth the pick at 32. And you can win a championship with a player like that if you surround him with talent and if the culture is real and and the the players are buying in. And you're getting this guy on a rookie contract and he's 22, 23 years old. And then you have the two first-round picks next year, right? Exactly. Connor, Connor, what would you think of the Lions getting Hal or Strong at 32 and 34? I wouldn't be opposed to the pick. I wouldn't be opposed to it if it's, yeah, if it's any of the guys or Willis or Pickett, regardless, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I've never been like thinking Jared Goff is the plan. And that's like, I like wake up in cold sweats sometimes yeah. thinking the Lions think that's the case. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't mind bringing anybody in late in the first round. I mean, you traded Stafford for a reason. If there's even a 10 to 15% chance, which we know from just like probabilities, it's higher than that that they're going to be a better quarterback than him, then take him late in the first. You know, get that fifth-year option if he ends up being good. I don't think it's a bad idea. And I mean, even if he ends up being an average quarterback, you'll probably get better than, like, 32 back for him or 33. Yeah, I um, I also just would like to say that I, I think Christian Watson would be a mistake in the first round. I agree. I think I think Christian Watson is incredibly overrated. But I, I, I could be wrong because his athletic profile is really impressive. But this is a dude who he's 23 years old, didn't break out until this year. You can make your comments about like the run scheme and everything like that. But you got a dude like Sky Moore who is breaking out at 21 years old, uh, playing you know similar if not slightly better competition. Yeah, you took so, him earlier though. You can't rip him for that. He went like seven picks earlier. No, but I'm saying I'm saying Christian Watson is a lot of people like him as I saw Brett Coleman saying the Vikings should take him at twelve. Like he like loves Christian Watson. And I think Christian Watson like has all the athletic talent in the world, but there's a lot of stuff on tape where not as the most is not the most natural catcher of the football and is kind of a messy route runner. He's just a, a project, I think. I think he's a project. Very well has the athletic profile to be uh, an impressive dude at the next level. Um, but is a guy that I, you know, is a round three, round four, you know, that type of player. For so me. you're taking, um, so the next two receivers to go in that, in the second round would have been Mechie and, uh, Justin Ross. Are well, you going to take, would you take I have, those guys? I have all the guys who went in the first round with the exception. I have Mechie at nine for me, Tolbert at 10, David Bell at 11, Kyle Phillips at 12, and then Christian Watson at 13 for me. Okay. Um, so... So Christian Watson's my 13th best receiver. 
and that's all based on potential. Um, but and and you know it, he deserves he deserves some recognition for just like how much of a freak athlete he is. But I just think there's a lot there's a lot of work to be done there. And a guy like John Mechie for the Lions can come in and he profiles as a wide receiver too for me. Much like I thought about Amon Ross St. Brown last year. That's kind of the receivers that I tend to like um, when you're getting out of the first round into day two and day three are dudes who have high floors and kind of more limited ceilings. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand on Watson. Not to stymie the conversation, but Adam, try to, try to get meditative here and uh, envision yourself sitting in front of the TV um, and the Lions take Sam Howell with 32nd pick. How do you think that that would make you feel? Like, how do you think that, you know, let's say they get Kayvon, number two. Like, how, how, what do you think you would be overcome by if that were the case, knowing that this is the guy that Dan Campbell and Holmes wanted to draft? They clearly are trying to move on from golf. That's evidence that it shows you that. They clearly have him graded to where the pick is worthwhile, in their opinion. I just feel like I couldn't, even if it was Howell, um, I couldn't really be mad about that. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's just ultimately like my comp to him, like we talked about, was like Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I'm not going to get excited about that. Hmm. Like, I, it, I, 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 I just really believe like you need, like, look at a team, I mean, not, not that like, I, obviously like everyone's looking for the next Mahomes or like whatever. But you look at a team like the Chiefs, who are riddled with like holes on their roster, yet it's just like, well, they they'll be in it because they have like Patrick Mahomes. Like that's like what I want to have as like my quarterback is a guy who like no matter what the roster looks like, I think you know we're gonna have a chance to compete because we have this one guy, right? And it's like. I, I still think, like, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be guys like that. Um, you know, I think you just look around the league to, to the teams that have quarterbacks. It's just like, that's what I'm looking for, and I don't see Howell or Strong as those types of players. And, yes, you can have, like, a very good team built around a guy like a Kirk Cousins or a Jimmy Garoppolo, and you can make it to NFC Championship games. You can make it to Super Bowls. But it's like... You're more relying on the system, and I'm also—I mean, like, I'm not really that sold on like the coaching staff yet either. Like, that's kind of like part that's yeah. like I'm not in this either. Like, I don't. Well, I don't trust that they're going to get the most out of a Sam Howell or Malik Willis. To be honest, like, Ben Johnson is their offensive coordinator, and Dan Campbell is like putting his hands in the offense, and he can't manage a football game. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think. Uh... Yeah, I definitely don't philosophically agree with the Mahomes-Allen logic just because, I don't know, like, look, I think Stafford is a good example of a counter-argument where Stafford kind of is a player like that, but, like, Stafford is a championship-level quarterback who proved that the minute he was on a team that was actually yeah. decent. Um, Stafford has physical tools, though, that Clef, I think, Well, I mean, yeah, he, was the, he was the number one pick, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, but I'm just saying that at the point he was at in his career, he was kind of more closer to he was he was before this past season he was closer to the Kirk Cousins Derek Carr category than he was to the Mahomes 100%. category. I don't, but I don't think any of us ever believed that though. That's why we were. That's why we all. I'm talking the about the consensus right now and just like the general kind of how people felt about it. 
Um, and I just think that if you can get a if you can get a high upside quarterback who can who can make throws that not a lot of other players can make, um, and you can kind of groom him in the offense. I don't know. I, if, I, I think it's a good problem to have. If Kirk Cousins goes to the Rams last year, I don't think you're picking them to win the Super Bowl. So I guess I'm, I'm just saying, like, I agree with Clef that, like, Matthew Stafford was a guy who was underrated by the media and by the league. And because we follow the Lions and he was the Lions quarterback for 11 years or whatever it was, we knew what kind of physical talent he had and what kind of mentality he brought to uh, brought to the brought to the team. And I, and I also get it. I, 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 I agree with Clep and I kind of get it. Like, I don't. Like if they if they take a quarterback at thirty two, I think he just has to be like they have to be they 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 shouldn't be taking a quarterback. It, it, next it would year. it would also that's like what also would concern me. It's like if they take a quarterback at thirty two, will they take themselves out of the QB market next year when they have two first yeah. round picks? Like yeah. that would be. I think it kind of I think it kind of depends. I mean, like I know that we're all the quarterbacks are supposed to be, be- better next year, but. Who's to say that um, they won't be in a similar position to Houston? Yeah, for sure. Is that, I mean, a bad, is that a bad position to be in? What do you, you're not just because the Lions roster is bad. Bryce Young's going to be the number one pick, and he probably the Lions probably won't have the number yeah. one pick. So then, what do you want? Yeah, but, I mean, Houston, Houston took Davis Mills in round three. Like that's not the thirty second overall pick. Yeah, but I still think that the situation is similar if based if on... If took him at the 32nd pick, it wouldn't... I don't think it I would be... I understand it. And I think that it's like, this time last year, we were saying Sam. it was Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler that was going to be the number one pick. And I get that Bryce Young is, is, is a step above those guys. I understand that. But I'm just saying the guys after him, it's anyone's game. And, and we don't know, like, the, for, to think, oh, well, the Lions... If, if they have a chance to get Bryce Young next year, they're probably going to get Bryce Young because he's the closest thing, as of what, from what we know right now, he's the closest thing to that Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, whatever, the, the difference maker behind center. But you're going to have to have the number one pick if you want him. And if it, and, the, and chances yeah. are the team that has the number one pick is going to want a quarterback, and you're not going to be able to get a package, a savory enough trade package to get him. So that, I just don't think looking at it from that standpoint of like, you know, because after that, it's like, I'm not a huge C.J. Stroud fan. I, we'll see what this Van Dyke guy can do at Miami. I get he finished the year well, but there's a lot of buzz around him. Quarterbacks, it's just interesting, and you just don't really know. And yeah, Sam you Howell, might, you might get a this time nowhere. last year, yeah. Sam Howell was the de facto number one pick. Him or, and, or Rattler. And that, yeah. Him or Rattler. And now Sam Howell is going to probably go fringe first round, maybe second, and Spencer Rattler transferred to South Carolina and – might be drafted next year. Who knows? We'll see what he does. But he's in a much worse position now than he was a year ago. And it's just a very erratic kind of market to be trying to be like almost gambling. I'd like on. to add I to that. I feel like if you have a guy. Adding to yeah. that, like what Lee is saying, like with like the quarterbacks, like for a lot of people, like, yeah, who are just assuming it'll be a better class. Like after Bryce Young and Stroud, just like looking ahead, and obviously it's way too early. I remember the days when Brad Kyle was going to be the first quarterback off the board and a way too yeah. early. As he should have. But <laughs> as the next quarterback after Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, it is um, Jaden Daniels. Uh, Jaden Daniels will exactly. never be an NFL Lee and starter, I are both period. like, yeah, like <laughs> Phil. He, he can't Jayden weigh enough Daniels, to be the NFL Phil Dracovic, um, I like Anthony Dracovic. Richardson. Hendon Hooker. Levis. Like, like you know. Levis. I just. Clap. Yeah. 
Clef's a big Will Levis Will, guy. Yeah, Will, what's Will up? Will he's Levis. getting, he's getting hot for yeah. Will Levis. What's up with Van Dyke down at Miami, man? I don't know. This this we'll particular see. mock doesn't have we'll him see there. What's but up yeah, with him. I mean, I we'll see. We'll see. But point being, it's like it's not like a sure thing. And I don't. And hey, I had the Lions the worst teams in football earlier when we were talking about team projections for last year. And I I don't think they'll be picking top three next year. And I don't really want them to have to trade up to get in there because it's going to be a king's ransom. I yeah. I don't know, and it's also just for me, it's very ba- – it's just like I like Carson Strong. I watch Carson Strong look his teammates in the eyes and throw dots all over the field and win games that they kind of had no business winning, right. and that made an impact on me. What about Grayson McCall? And, yeah. you know – What, happen- yeah, what happens names. if the Lions throw in all their picks for C.J. Stroud and he's no good? Then, like, we're looking at, like, yeah, a, a, I mean, a, a five-year rebuild. We're, like, back to the bottom of the yeah. heap, you know, for Stroud, whereas, like, you just – I don't think Stroud has proven really much. Right. Of anything, Whereas if you just quite we're, frankly. like, there's a big difference between pushing all your poker chips in for C.J. Stroud and just taking a flyer on Howell at the end of the first round or beginning of the second round. Like, you know, there's a big difference in terms of the bet you're making. Yeah, I think I think it's a really interesting conversation. I'm sure that I I have a I think it's like near impossible that I will be out on Bryce Young next year. I just like what he's done especially this past year and just his um, intangibles and him, what he did at modern day. Like I, I have a hard time seeing him not being the consensus number one, or at least like a top five pick. Well, yeah. And the chances of Alabama going belly up are are slim to none. That's another kind of back to the Lincoln Riley thing. Like Oklahoma, it all kind of exploded in Rattler's face. And part of it was because of him, obviously, but there just wasn't really the infrastructure that they have at Alabama for, we know Alabama is going to be winning minimum 11 games next year. Because that's what Alabama does. But even does, still, right? so, Bryce Young could be Tua. People were saying a lot of the same. I I don't think so. Well, clearly, so. I yeah. But then, I mean, tell me, it's also the conversation of like, oh, is is Detroit yeah, going to be picking sure. at one? Detroit not nece- might not necessarily be picking first overall. Right. Yeah, that's. I They're think not that's, going I to be. Think that's yeah, the I don't think they will argument. either. They're not going to be. I think that's the strongest argument. I think that's that's the kind of the the thing where that I'm, and then I think you'll be happy to have a quarterback who. You know, yeah, if he's kind of good, or, or and if, you can build the roster around him. We because got, we go back to the original know. sin of, of Brad Holmes. With his, yeah, with his, I mean, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yep. yeah, yeah. We all know about that one, and that's something that that's not going to go away. <laughs> no, that's not going to no, go sure. away. That's that's something that's going to be this. It's a slow burn. Yep. In uh, in the Motor City, so we'll see, man. But I, I would like the record to show that that Carson Strong is the pick for me at thirty two, and he's going to be there. You know, he's going to be there, so he's not going to get taken, but I can dream. Yeah. He'll probably be there at 34, too, and he'll – I I think Carson Strong will be there at the top of the third. I think, I he, think he probably will, too. too. I think that's, that the knee thing is, is a real problem. I think that's another whole other aspect of the conversation that I'm kind of ignoring because I don't really know the specifics of it, and I'm kind of assuming that it's just going to work out. But, you know. I, I, I would be more excited about Carson Strong in, like, round three. Yeah, I think I think you can get him there, and that that'd be exciting. Who's a sleeper everybody likes, like deep? Because I know we only go two rounds. Like, does anybody have a person in mind? They, I've got a lot of guys, there? man. Yeah, you know, because we only go two rounds, and there's four days till draft day. So this is Kyle this Phillips. Is Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips. Uh. One of the guys who I think might go top two rounds and, and is like kind of a fringe second round guy, maybe who I think who's one of my sleepers is Myaji Sanders from Cincinnati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think he's going to be a really good player in the NFL. I think his skills are pretty translatable. Um, what I what love, happened with him, I, though? Didn't he, like, lose, like, 50 pounds or something? Did he? I don't know. He's had, I just like, remember, an he, awful pre-draft process. Him? He, the, that Cincinnati defense was, like, had some dogs. It was, like, Sanders, Beavers. Who was the safety they had? Um, Kobe White or whatever. Kobe, yeah. Kobe no, White right. was the other corner. I want to say his name was, was maybe Cook or... I don't know, but they had a good safety too. I think some of the running, the deep sleeper running backs are really enticing. I don't want to give too much away because of the rookie draft. Fair enough. Just the heat beat the crap out of the Hawks, and it's just pissing me off. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are some guys that you know. Um, I think I could name I could name six running backs right now that won't be taken in the first three or four rounds that are that I think are really going to be good complementary football players. Let's in the not, NFL. Let's, I don't think we should talk about running backs too much. For, uh, a big dynasty draft. I, I just up. said that you while you were checking the score on your phone. That's why I didn't name any running backs. I, I like Wandale Connor. Yeah. Wandale Moore. Right. That's. Mm-hmm. Wondell, Wondell no, Robinson. Wondell Moore, sorry. Ro- Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking Rondale Moore. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're good. Wondell Robinson. Yeah, another receiver. Yeah, I think Wondell is really good. Um, yeah, I got to plug a Notre Dame sleeper. I didn't do it in the first two rounds, so that that's got to be a first. But I like that is a first. My guy sure. Kevin Austin. I like. He'll be really late in the draft. I think he's a great player. He made some big plays. He made a couple big plays. Your physical attributes. I know he had a huge combine. But anyway, I think he'll go very late. And then another guy that I like really, really late, like he might not even get picked, to be honest. But I think uh, it's like a Taysom Hill type. I think De'Ara King has a lot of intrigue. Is like a sixth, seventh round possible flyer. Mm. He's been working out at wide receiver, which I think is really interesting. That guy was a crazy athlete before his injury. So I think it's like a guy. I just don't think he can play quarterback in the injury history. He might um, not. He, he might literally just be. A I like. Uh, I, I like um, Tariq Castro Fields, mm-hmm. the cornerback from Penn State. I like Josh Joe. Yes. Yeah. Cornerback from Bama. I like Jalen Watson, the cornerback from Washington State. He's like six three. He's just a kind of a zone player. I, he's got really long arms. I think he could be an interesting late pick. Cade Mays. Cade Mays. There's some. Yeah. There's some good Cade Mays. Stuber was a good lineman for Michigan last year. Yeah, I think he could be an interesting, you know, guys like Petit Frere. Yep, I was gonna say uh, uh, Thayer Munford. Yeah. Petit Frere. Yeah. Is one of my Who's guys. the guy for um, Penn State? Is it Rashid Walker, the tackle? He's pretty good. Like, he's pretty good. I didn't watch that much of Zach Tom, but apparently he's got like the best Everyone's win rate as, for a tackle in the ACC over the past, you know, four years or five years. So I think that might be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Skylar Thompson. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of yeah, and then just tight ends. I, obviously, I think Weidermeyer is a good sleeper. I like Rucker from uh, Rucker from Ohio I like, State. I, like too. I think uh, what's his name? I uh, likely from Coastal Carolina is gaining some buzz. He was probably the best player in their offense last year. Jelani Woods is getting a lot of hype now. He's yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of he's hype an ab- too. He's an absolute moose. Um, Cade Otten had a lot of expectations okay. going into last year at Washington, yeah. but. He didn't necessarily. That Washington team last year was a disaster. Um, Connor, yeah. what, what do you think of um, some of the props, like quarterback three and a half? I think I'm gonna. I would go. I like going over on QBs. I think QBs are gonna go. I just think people like I don't know. Me, 
I hate draft media. I really do. It just drives me nuts. I like can't even like read it 90% of the time because they just get on these kicks. And it happened last year. And, of course, it's no secret. I don't want to rehash it. But, like, obviously we know that the media picks their guys and they move them different ways for different reasons. And I think this year – I mean, I don't I don't love the quarterbacks this year. But, like, I don't have a problem with somebody taking Willis. I mean, I think – I get why you do it. Like, you know, you're taking a mm-hmm. shot. All these guys are shots. I've always been that way with quarterbacks. I mean, there's about a 50-50 chance they're going to pan out if they're a first-round-level quarterback. I know with, like, bustability this year, the only, the lowest bustability of the first rounds last year is Mac Jones, and the only one that has less of a chance to be a bust than Mac is Pickett, and it's by, like, a percent. The rest are all under him, which I think is really interesting. So that shows you that – on one hand, people are probably right that a quarterback shouldn't go in the first round, but I think it'll happen regardless. I think the Colts will be looking for one just because, like, I don't know, like, how many years they really expect to get out of Matt Ryan in, like, high-level play. I think Atlanta mm. will be. I like Mariota. He's on my dynasty bench. So I I believe <laughs> I think there's, like, a reason for having him, but I could definitely see Atlanta looking quarterback. I would go over. I think it's the same thing. It's a totally different sport, but, like, Media, I mean, they got on their kick about, like, ACC with basketball this year. They were no good. And then you, like, look at the Final Four, and it's, like, two of four ACC. So, it's, like, I, I've, I'm i always questionable of hashtag trends, a throwback for uh, Adam. Yeah. I, I'm skeptical. I think it's probably going to be three quarterbacks, but I would lean four more so than I would lean two. Uh-huh. Because yeah. who would who would be that because, fourth guy? Do you think, Lee? I, mean, I think it would be yes. Howell. Yeah, I think Howell could sneak his way into the first round. I quite frankly think that Pickett, Willis, and Ritter are all going to go in the first round. Like I think they're going to go in the first round. It was on uh, William Hill, and I couldn't make the bet because I'm no longer in Michigan. But it was the over under was three minus one fifteen. I think you're pushing at worst with that, and you're essentially betting that Sam Howell or Matt Corral, yeah. who's another guy whose name has been circling. You're, you're betting that one of those teams is going to swing on a quarterback. I think there are teams towards the end of the first round that, that might be willing to take a swing on a quarterback, most notably the Tennessee Titans. Um, and I also think that teams could be a little more willing to trade up into the into the first round to take a quarterback um, or trade down uh, to, to, you know, maybe a team like Washington trades down and, and takes a quarterback later in, later in the first round. Um, I don't know. You just can't. I just think that. I think that two quarterbacks are going to go, and I think the Lions are a prime candidate at thirty-two to take a quarterback too. Still, I really yeah. don't. I don't think that uh, Ritter is out of question for the Lions at thirty-two. If he's still there, I think he'll be gone by then. I don't think Sal, uh, Sam Howell's out of the question, and I quite frankly, as much as it pains me to say, I don't think Matt Corral is necessarily out of the question. I think that just kind of depends on who the Lions like and what they think because all of those guys that I just mentioned have had first-round buzz. So um, I don't think all of them are going to go, but to say four of the six will go I think is fair. Yep. What, are the, what are the chances that like the quarterbacks go to teams who are trading up for them or that they're just getting picked by teams sticking at their spot? I think one trade-up will happen at least. I agree. Clep, I think you made a really good point yesterday. I think the, the 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 kind of like attitude towards quarterbacks is all going to be determined on what the Panthers do at six. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that if the Panthers are sticking and making that pick, I think that there's a chance they're going to take a Pickett or a Willis. Um, that's kind of what the market is implying. 
if Willis goes off the board at six, I think it could be a free-for-all. I think you could see Atlanta take a quarterback at eight. Maybe Seattle takes a quarterback at nine. Um, I don't think the Saints – I think the Saints, based not on how I feel, but what the media is saying, the Saints really like Kenny Pickett. I think the Steelers are nearly a lock to take a quarterback at 20. Um, especially after the tragic passing of Dwayne Haskins, they have a very thin quarterback room and none of the quarterbacks in that room are necessarily proven. I think for them to be able to get a Willis or a Pickett or a Howell or whoever else at 20, I think they'd be happy to yeah, do that. I mean, it's, a, also, it's the same thing still on FanDuel where um, Willis is chalked to be first quarterback taken, but then the Panthers have are favored to take Pickett. So they're saying the Panthers are going to trade down, right? That's I, kind of what that that's implies. kind of what it implies. Or in that, and that like, Willis is going to squeeze in ahead of Carolina, yeah. or the Lions yeah. take quarterback too. Yeah, or hedging that Detroit takes one too. Yeah, and that it would be Willis. I Clep, I haven't even considered that anymore, but it's a possibility. Sadly, that Willis goes to Detroit because if Willis is their number one guy, or Pickett, if Pickett or Willis is their number one guy, they're not getting that guy at thirty-two. So no. So, you gotta have to take him at yeah, two. Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. <laughs> and it's something that I don't want to think about, but it's uh, it's definitely. I'd make money possible. off of both Pickett and I put five bucks on Pickett at plus three thousand. See yeah. now, like with the Lions, like I guess just being a Lions doomer, but like they're probably gonna screw it up anyway. So like just flying it on a Willis <laughs> or a Pickett. I'm like not that mad, but again, going back to the original sin of Brad Holmes, like why didn't you just do it like yeah. last year and then? Because then you could have taken Evan Neal yes, this year. And, yeah, and everything would have been Fields Evan Neal. I will be <laughs> devastated if the Lions take the quarterback yeah. too. I will be thoroughly <laughs> devastated. Everything good that I felt about them leading up to this point, since Dan Campbell has become a coach, will be will be completely 180 flipped into negativity. And I'll take my polo off <laughs> and I'll, I'll put on a white tee and enjoy the rest of the draft. Lee, are we going Are we going Lions polos on, on, on Thursday? I will be wearing right. my Lions polo right. on Thursday. I'll have to rock yes. mine then too. Um, Alright, does that yeah. wrap it up? That can that can do it. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Just under 230. Q draft day.